0: Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Crew Shaken, a Warhammer 40,000 tabletop wargaming podcast recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the United States of America. Episode 33, another special quarantine edition. This one took us a while to get together because somehow, despite the fact that we are, some of us are essential workers and still working in our workplace, others of us are working from home, we still find ourselves extremely busy despite these quieter times. But as always... I am joined here this time via the miracles of Zoom video chat by my co-hosts, Carlo and Lavelle. How are you, gentlemen?
1: Hey, Tim. How's it going? Good today. How you doing?
0: Doing just great and through the miracles of the warp. Colin is joining us tonight. Colin Keelick, how are you?
2: Good. Thanks, Tim. Glad to be here.
0: We're glad to have you. We kick off every show, as you know, with some hobby progress. Let's go around the horn. What have we been working on during these somewhat quieter times related to our hobby, given the fact that we can't go to our friendly local gaming store and play any games? Carlo, let's start with you. What's been going on?
3: Um, I mean, with me, the, the Gundam saga continues, I guess. As listeners know, like, the last, like, three or four episodes, that's been where my hobby progress has been kind of focused on. So, um, recently i really kind of screwed something up because i don't know if i talked about it last episode i painted the leo mobile suit and when i painted him it's my first time painting a non-static model so normally like gw models you know you glue them together and they're just like yeah they're there they're not changing they're not reposing but with gundams you can repose them and i i did think about it but i didn't think it would be as big of an issue as it turned out to be was that like i just sprayed the entirety of every piece and that put a lot of extra material on like the pegs and inside the joints and stuff like that where things need to you know move (laughs) and uh it ended up causing a lot of um friction and um kind of uh when I was posing the model on different poses and taking pictures I ended up snapping both of the pegs where the legs were and then it it's kind of started spiraling downhill from there because I was <laughs> oh, trying no. to get like I was like oh maybe I can use magnets and I put two small magnets in and then I did a soldering iron to burn the two <laughs> small magnets out and then I ended up having to like glue a, when I glued one of the magnets on like the glue dripped into another piece and then like Wait, all these
4: pieces Carlo like, is
1: this a real story?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden it's looking like a Nurgle night modification. <laughs>
3: uh, it was it was
0: rough. So eventually I ended
3: up being able to like drill out um, the original peg and replace it with a larger section of like a roll of magnets almost. <laughs> and then put some magnets in the in the hips. And, it, you know, it doesn't look great, but it's it's
0: posable again. My goodness. <laughs>
1: And so then I I took it and I threw it out and bought a new one. Yeah. And uh, now it works pretty good.
0: (laughs) I was at uh, Gundam Planet today online looking at their selection. They recently moved. I didn't know they were from North Jersey, Gundam Planet. But they moved to a new warehouse space apparently. And they have on sale a uh, perfect grade uh, seven sword that I'm looking at on their website now. It is like $60 off, which is a huge chunk off from a perfect grade. So it would be my first perfect grade. Yeah. How,
3: well, what is it then? It's, it's
0: like two. It's marked. It's marked down, it's marked down from two twenty nine, which is their regular price, to one seventy four. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's deal. a really good that's deal. A pretty for good that. deal. Yeah. That's a beat badass kit too. Not my favorite looking. Uh, not, not my favorite looking Gundam, but it's a good deal for a perfect grade. Um, I've been I've been adding to my wish list all of the Verka variations. I thought it'd be cool to build all of those kits, but. Uh, but that would be adding to my pile of plastic shame, and I'm not really willing to do that right now. <laughs> Lavelle, how about you? What have you been up to?
1: So I have been involved in a lot of different things, and I'm still piecing together my Sisters of Battle Army. Um, I'm missing a couple of pieces, and I'm not going to get down the building and painting until I have all of the pieces. So they can all look exactly mm-hmm. like one cohesive army, which is something that I haven't done in the past. I'll buy something, build, paint it and buy something else, etc., cetera, et cetera. But I, I'm really, really pumped about this army. However, um, when you're, we're recording this and, and at this point, the announcement about the Necrons has come out and it's caused me to pull out all of my Necron army and I've got some decisions to make. I'm really, really pumped about what I believe they're going to do. With the return of the Silent King, it's going to be awesome. And I just got to make sure that I have an army fitting his return when he does come. And I'm very concerned about, you know, making sure all my units are in top shape and they've come out of the stasis tomb in good shape. And I've got them all the right color scheme. And so this has been, you know, my dining room table is now Necron Central. And so I'm kind of lining the little men up in order and ranks and everything, making sure they look right. So when the Silent King returns, we're ready. I'm really, really pumped and really, I'm, I don't even know what they're going to do. Some people are saying that Silent King is going to be a Nagash-type model, which is, uh, you know, I don't, I can't even imagine. But I'm, I'm really pumped to, to see it. Um,
0: so, so what do you think is going to happen and what would you like to see happen? Because I have some opinions on this too, but go ahead.
1: I think I really would like to see the return of a unit called the Pariahs. Do you yeah, remember them?
2: That would be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, so the Pariahs, yeah, yeah they kind of work like Sisters of Silence. Um, so I would really like to see them come back to give the army a, a a little bit more resiliency. I also think one of the things that he could do, the Silent King, is he could allow you to mix um, dynasties and one armies. Because the, the Necron Army, the problem with it is it doesn't really have a lot of punch. But it does have a recursive nature that is very powerful. And it, it doesn't have a lot of punch. It has a recursive nature. It's very expensive. All of the models are, are, are very expensive. And we did that event where I, where I went out with, a, what was it, 15 rates. I got 15 rates in for a thousand points. It was really cool. And that was a game changer. So I, I'm interested in seeing what they do to adjust it. What do you think is going to happen to what I'm I'm
0: hoping and I don't know if they've announced officially how they're going to inter- reintroduce that character, have they? They haven't said if it's going to be another psychic awakening book, have they?
1: They okay. have not. So I could. But it comes. I mean, it's this month.
0: Oh, it's that soon? Okay, so then it probably will be. It's the
1: tw- what were you thinking? Ninth edition? Yeah, I was edition? thinking
0: that would be a great way to start ninth edition, right? With with this huge reintroduction of a super powerful ancient character, like a like a Xenos Primarch almost, right?
1: Yeah, but you know, here's the thing: um, there was rumored about a Necron Space <laughs> Marines battle. I mean, box set. That everybody was think thinking was going to be the beginning it, of ninth, but ninth edition, the
3: lion but
1: now, you know, we, we don't know Yeah, yeah. because this model is coming out, uh, but we have a lot of things that I would say before the end of sorry, June that are like, supposed kind of like to be because they're behind, right now, right? like he, it's, it's, I don't yeah. like, I don't understand how they're going to fit it in. That. There's a new custodis codex coming out.
3: I don't think it's confirmed. I think
1: right. There's all and um, just it's just have his hands uh, it doesn't right look like enough table space Glipped. for all the books and how they're Glipped gonna it fit all. in. I, yeah, I don't I, know. Th- I think you know.
0: Obviously, the whole schedule was changed because of the COVID nineteen outbreak, and I think. You know, it'll def- probably, definitely, obviously push uh, ninth edition off into the future a little bit. But it would, but I think it would I be, wouldn't the, it be interesting the, just as a kind of a a, th- a thought point here? Wouldn't uh, it be interesting to see? That? We talked about like, that a few episodes like, ago. Like, right? you know, I think calling it a Xenos Primark is an apt way to put it, right? Some super powerful Xenos units.
1: It's actually a little degrading, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna allow it at this point in time. Continue. But It would be,
0: be a good way to freak out, uh, freak out the game a little bit, though.
1: Yeah, it would be, but you know what? Here's the thing. I, I don't. There has to be another Laurel Primark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there'll be a box set with Lemon Russ and and and, and the Silent, and Silent King. King holding hands.
0: <laughs> that would be ill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the line, okay. Hey. Just sleeping. That's like a really quick question. Is Rogel Dorn absolutely you dryer, dead?
3: You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we're supposed to find out about that.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, that can mean anything.
3: A, it's like asking uh, yeah. uh, where your socks go when you throw them into the dryer. Uh, you
1: know, under my yeah. hobby progress I, section, I just also want to ask, <laughs> has anybody been watching Astartes? That little, mm-hmm. yeah. Car, what cartoon? Yeah. Cartoon, we're done with. Yeah, you. we um, we we, okay. we watched we, the last one came out
0: right before we finished the last episode, yes, and it was excellent, yes,
1: yeah. So, you know, there's a bunch of space in the whole narrative for everything, and I would like to see them the start, I would like to see them start filling that space in. I'd like to, I actually, and you know, I hope the Inquisition doesn't get me, <laughs> I'd like to see more about what's going on inside the warp with the chaos forces so that that's been the the bulk of my 40k uh progress right there um i just want to say also under progress hobby progress i did make the plunge and i got a 3d printer i'm still learning and adjusting for that my primary goal with the 3d printer has been uh you know i really want to print some decent terrain that's where I want to really get into some nice terrain, even though I'm in the process of putting together the template so I can print me a star Trek phaser and make my dreams come true. But that's, on, that's a side note.
0: That's real talk though. Real talk. I appreciate that. Right. <laughs> appreciate that. So you can be well-armed while you're watching shows. It's good. Colin, what have you been working on in the last couple of weeks?
2: Um, well, I, I alluded to a little bit of it when I was talking about, or I guess we'll be talking about the legions, but the red butchers for, you know, world Eaters are so awesome um, that I rescued a whole bunch of old metal Terminators off of eBay, stripped them, cleaned them up, rebuilt them. Um, got a test model completely painted and then got tired of painting all the gold trim. So shelved that project temporarily um, to be resumed shortly and uh, got back to another one that I'd had on the burner for a while, which was using the new, uh, well, not super new anymore, but the Shadow Spear style chaos marines to build a black legion army from scratch. So I put most of a thousand points together. Um I'm actually it's not gonna be all the new style guys because I've got a bunch of uh Raptors and Warp Talons planned um because I also bought Hark and Roll Claimer. Um so uh that stuff's still getting built but I started painting some of the new CSMs. Um they're really really nice models. Um and you know what? It's I kind of hate that they're making my old guys so uh, so puny looking, but they're a lot easier to paint because uh, they're you know they're just a little bit bigger. It's a little bit easier to get in there to paint. Uh, maybe my eyes are getting older, um, <laughs> but I've definitely enjoyed painting them so far. So, and then I, I've got a random collection of uh, Imperial Guard and Chaos and uh, just random odds and ends. It has been kind of turned into a uh, Renegade Guard. Uh, kill team. So I'm putting the finishing touches on that now too.
0: So. Sweet. What is your model stripping agent of choice when you get stuff off eBay? What? How do you uh, strip those metal models?
2: Um. Yeah, I've, I try to stick away from plastic stuff cause I've struggled with that, but I, uh, uh, for, I, I take old glass, like pickle jars and stuff. I put uh, lacquer thinner in them and just dump the models in there. That takes most of it off. And then someone had recommended this like purple, Purple power or something like that. It's a little bit softer. It should, it can be used on plastics too. Um, and I've not found that it was very good like right off the bat. But after I, t- I take them out, of the lacquer thinner, scrub them off, uh, wash the lacquer thinner off, and then dump them in the purple power stuff and give them a second bath. And then they come out. Uh, I've got some of them that look, you would never even know they had paint on them.
1: Colin, I want to recommend Simply Green. Really? I've heard that before. I've never tried it though. Yes. I have, I went out. I- I tried it once
2: and went out and bought four bottles. Yeah, you you stripped your face tools, right, Carlo, or some of them?
3: Didn't you do that? So I had to strip a project I did for that uh, secret servitor a few years ago, where I borrowed parts, parts off of other models. But um, it uh, it you can the nice thing about it is you can leave plastic models in there for as long as you want it's not going to like damage the model where like if you use like isopropyl alcohol it could sometimes like leave the model like rubbery if you leave it in for too long
0: i might have mentioned on the podcast but when i had bought that stormcast army for aos i'd let that sit in a bucket of simple green for like almost a week because it was painted really heavy with some really nasty paint i don't know what it was it might have been like krylon or car paint or something or some kid dipping models in house paint or something it was really on there thick but you can let it sit in there forever and i've had a bad experience before with rubbing alcohol even a small amount on a toothbrush just to get certain spots clean like 100 percent rubbing alcohol will definitely pit plastic it'll just tear it right apart whereas with metal you're much better with a, like a hardcore thinner like that something with a lot of uh, a lot of bite
2: yeah i threw uh i had a bunch of rescue bits that went in the uh, jars at the same time some of them were some old death company Metal Death Company and they had plastic arms and I didn't feel like breaking them off so I just tossed them in and then I just got this nasty, like, goopy gunk out of the bottom of the jar when I was all done. (laughs) It was all melted
0: down with plastic. Uh, My hobby progress, I have been continuing to rock out on my orc army. Um, I just, I got really tied up painting the leather. I got like super obsessed with painting all the leather on all the boys and the knobs. Like I kind of got obsessed with it, Um, but I have moved on. I've started to do weapons. I have the, uh, um, the Stampa looking pretty good. I have a battle wagon looking pretty good. I just today got bases. Um, 60 millimeter and 50 millimeter bases for the uh, Def Coptas because they came unbased, I think, when I bought them, or they might have come with those clear little old flying bases, which I don't really like. So I'm going to use, um, I have a sprue of just like random um, Imperial terrain, so I'm going to build up like little points to attach the Def Coptas to so I can like magnetize it so it looks like they're flying over the top of a building over the little 50 mil base. I'm going to do that this weekend, I think. Um, but that army is almost done. I was excited about that. Um, I've been. I read a bunch. Oh, I also received. I want to show you guys this. This is bad radio, but I'm going to show you guys what I got in the mail. I received it just this week. I haven't even opened the box yet. Um, last year, uh, Bandai had made these um, plastic Intercessor Space Marine figurines. Did you, oh, hear, yeah. did
4: you see these on GW's website? Yeah.
0: So we'll do a very special unboxing, and I'll do a. Um, I'll put a photo of this on the website. I don't know if I'm going to open this or play with it or just try to sell it immediately because now's a good time to just sell everything. It's not really that important, but it's this huge, like fully posable Ultramarines Primaris Intercessor.
3: Does that come on sprue or does it come built?
0: Built, built and painted. And the, the paint job looks okay, but it looks like, I don't know. It's very straightforward. It's definitely an action figure. But I I just got this, I'm gonna put it back in the box in case I just wanna put it on eBay tomorrow. We'll see, not much packaging in there. And I did read, I read two books in the last couple of weeks that really, I read Valdor, Birth of the Imperium, which they call a Horus Heresy novel, but it actually starts much earlier than the Horus Heresy. And this was a book, it was wonderful, but it almost answers too many questions it almost reveals too much about the the origins of the imperium as we know it today it 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 starts right around the point at which the thunder warriors are on their way out and space marines are on their way in and it it it, it almost it was almost too much information for me. I was almost a little bit like, ooh, that's a story that I never wanted to hear because I kind of made up my own story. And this is different from the story that I made up in my head about why all this happened. And I followed it up with The Outcast Dead, which I'd read before. It's a great Horace Hersey novel and Outcast Dead has really good connections to Valdor. And I won't. I don't want to spoil Outcast Dead by revealing those connections. But if you're looking for a great one-two punch, they're not super huge. Uh, read Valdor and then follow it up with the Outcast Dead. A really interesting conjunction of super early Imperial Earth. Super early, like really interesting. Almost, it's almost too revealing. I'm Trying to think of an analog to like another another IP that would be similar, but it, it's almost like you know. It's it's like when the fourth first Star Wars movie came out and you see Anakin as a kid. You're like, really? Did we need to go this far back? Like, did I need to know all of this stuff? You know, it, it's like it like parts. You know, it's like it's it reveals too much. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to see behind that curtain, almost. But the, this one, Valdor reveals quite a bit behind that curtain, which is interesting. I'll say that interesting. And uh, yeah, between that and the orc army, that has been my hobby progress.
1: I did read the new. Um... Uh, the Emperor's Legion book, the new one that just came out, which con- which follows Alea and um, um, I can't remember the guy's name, the uh, Custodes. It was a follow up to Watchers on the Throne, and I got yeah, I got to tell you, the first book was a superior piece of writing. This was a little convoluted. Yeah, and it it it, it kind of developed the story. Um This is all after uh Gilliman leaves for the crusade and it's all based on earth. And it, it was, it was just okay. I was really disappointed. I expected them to take the story in a much more definitive way.
0: Uh, Lavelle, how many books are in that series? It's the Watchers of the Throne
1: series, right? It's right. Right now it's only two. This is just the second one. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was, after the first one, I was really pumped. After this one, I was really disappointed.
0: Yeah. It started with the Regent's Shadow, right? And then went to the Emperor's Legion. Is that right? Right. Uh,
1: No, no. The Regent's Shadow is in the Regent's Shadow. Okay. okay, Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Let me say this though. There were two things about the, um, there are two things about the book that was really, really interesting. Whenever a space Marine Sees a any space marine of any intelligence, sees a custodies in action. One of the first things that they recognize is custodies seem to be designed to kill space marines, which I thought was interesting. Their skill, everything about them, but it also showed the chapter called the Minotaurs. And one of the things that's alluded to is the Minotaurs is a chapter that's actually controlled by the the council. Yeah, and so uh, it was really interesting. Um it, the whole thing. Like in the book cuz uh Gillerman sends what's the name of the star fortress? The um um the Imperial Fifth Star Fortress, the Phalanx. Yeah, he sends that back to Earth. It's to- it's totally jacked up. Right? But the whole thing There's some gaps, especially when you talk about what's going on in this solar system. You can't really do anything in this solar system and expect Mars just to sit back. And Mars was notably missing, even though they have a seat on the council. It was a little bit convoluted. I felt like they, had, they made a story and let, instead of letting a story mm, develop. Interesting.
0: Um, they did release yeah. – um, I like it when Black Library does this. When they release the novels and they release the character models for those novels. Because you can buy the pack of the of Alea and the Custodes' uh, cap, captain. I've,
1: I've already purchased it? Yeah. it. yeah. Already built it. Nice. Already painted it. But you can't play with <laughs> oh, it. Oh, really? That's right. Because they come together as a team. And they don't share a keyword. So if you pay in the army, all of a sudden your army is not Battleforge. And that's why people were thinking that the new custodian, the new so-called custodies, um, what's it called? Uh, codex is actually going to be a talents of the Emperor Codex.
2: They haven't FAQ'd that? Nope. That's it, uh, Cause and I know even in because chaos has uh uh cipher and uh uh, what's his name that's getting new rules, Fabius Bile, and neither of them have a lot of the keywords, but they specifically say that they don't take away Battleforged if you include them.
1: Yeah, but Cypher, we all know he's really chaos. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> right, I don't, uh, it's interesting. I have been watching the Fabius Bile story unfold, and uh, what is that called, War of the Spider? Oh, yeah. This, I, I am so impressed with what GW is doing.
0: See, the War of the Spider stuff makes me think we might see uh Fulgrim as
1: a demon Primarch come back. That seems the most likely, but hold it. Fulgrim could come back as a loyalist Primarch. <laughs> see, you laughed at me. You let la- hold on a second while I put your I would, name <laughs> on the list. I would, I would Tim, love that. L- let me tell you why. Remember, there is a clone of Fulgrim. Did you know that? No, I, th- I thought uh, Fulgrim was trying to clone Ferris Manus. No, the. Maybe the 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 evil one. There is a clone of Fulgrim. Yes, it's it's in one of the H- Horus Heresy lore, and um, yeah, there is a clone of Fulgrim running around that has not been resolved. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like this is the thing, in all of these books they give you little bits of story, and you don't really kind of piece it together. Um, <laughs> you know, one of my favorite stories is when um the Storm Lord cuts off the uh who is that whose hand does he cut off? I can't remember whose hand he's, it's not Marnius Cargar. He cuts his hand off and then sends him off after he beats him. And, you know, now this guy hates the Necrons. Um, The other thing that's that's kind of in the lore is that, uh, what's his name? Sanguinius actually met the Silent King. Yes, I had heard that. Yeah. And the Silent King, you know, he said, this guy, he, he looked at Sanguinius, he talked to him. He said, this guy is awesome. Maybe. Maybe, maybe there's hope for these people after all. Maybe we can make an alliance. But that didn't, yeah, that didn't
2: work out. Before. That's the whole Blood Angels, Necron bromance thing that was being thrown around. They,
1: they, well, most of the Blood Angels, the blood Angels yeah. deny it. Blood yeah, Angels but deny they, a lot you know. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: That's right. I also don't drink the blood of no, the local no. blood of
1: citizens. <laughs> no. How many are it missing? Was that guy. <laughs> that is strange it's like, yeah, that is strange huh
0: today's episode we are going to again combine tactical upload and future history into one big mega segment um, we're going to have Colin walk us through some of the new chaos stuff we'll be right back after a short break stay tuned Section 2 Tactical Upload. We are so fortunate, or maybe cursed, to have with us a very special guest here on episode 33 of Crew Shaken Warhammer 40,000 podcast Coronavirus Edition. We have with us Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's Corn himself. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we have with us a, a familiar face in the Northeastern United States Warhammer 40,000 community. Somebody who's been in the hobby playing the game for a long time has been responsible for helping us all have an awesome time at the Nova Open for as long as I've been going to the Nova Open, which is four or five years. Uh, Colin Keelick. Colin, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you, Tim. Good to be here.
0: We're really glad to have you. Colin, you had chimed in. You've been listening to the podcast for a while. You had chimed in saying, you know, fellas, you don't really talk about chaos all that much. And that is true because...
3: It was kind of rude, actually. It was, a, yeah. like, <laughs> it was a little
4: <laughs> <right>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my line was rude? Or the fact that you don't talk about chaos is rude? Ooh. you are not to talk about the good guys. Oh. <laughs>
3: I mean, chaos may be evil, but they're at least civil, right? I mean, come
0: on. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing about Warhammer, right? Are there really any good guys? Can is good and evil is like this really strange spectrum of things. Yeah,
2: when when your nominal good guys are essentially space space fascists, I. Uh... I don't think there really are any good guys in 40K. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are no winners. There are no losers. Is the greater good really all that great? It remains to be seen. Yeah. So, so Colin, Colin had chimed in saying, you know, we don't talk enough about chaos. And it's a great point, really, because none of us play None of us traditionally have played Chaos armies, right? I know Carlo with his involvement with Team Dumpster Fire has been getting more into Chaos armies because of the, you know, they want to stay versatile, they want to stay flexible. But in terms of like hobbying and like getting into building those armies and bringing them around to play games with people, it's not something that I do. It's not certainly not something that Lavelle does. Lavelle's not with us tonight because of the holiday, but if he was here, he wouldn't be saying anything and he would have a smirk on his face. His custodians <laughs> would be like, <laughs> you know, it would not be pretty, right? So this is, you know, this is a territory on the tabletop that is not totally familiar to us um, as players, as opponents you know, we—I certainly have had my ass handed to me by more than more than a handful of chaos players over the years. Absolutely, um, but Colin, um, we're thrilled to have you on the podcast as a longtime chaos player. Um, we're thrilled to have you on here as somebody that's well known to the community and a. Uh, A general awesome hobbyist and player of the game so thank you for being here tonight let's dive into um, some of the new stuff that came out for chaos in faith and fury i feel like we're all pretty excited about where this psychic awakening series is kind of taking us you know we're getting that segue going to ninth edition maybe maybe delayed a little bit because of coronavirus of course but um if you can just kind of let's start right let's rewind just a second let's give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners that don't know you. What's, what's your 40 K story, Colin?
2: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, like you said, I've been playing for a long time. I started, uh, in the, dawn a second edition, um, uh, probably 93, 94 or something like that. And I started with iron warriors and I started with iron warriors cause I was a kid and I didn't have a lot of money. I bought the box game. It came with space Marines and orcs. My brother wanted orcs and I didn't like space Marines. So I figured with a little green stuff and some bits, I could turn them into chaos Marines. And I kind of picked iron warriors because back then it didn't really matter. Um, There were no Legion rules or anything. So I picked iron warriors because again, I was a kid and priming black and dry brushing uh, silver was a pretty easy paint scheme. So I think back then really only their uh, bolters had the yellow and black stripes, which are kind of a pain in the ass to paint, but um, they, they, you know, they weren't all over them. It was literally just the bolters. And so I built uh, a couple squads of them out of the, out of the original second edition box minis. And uh, they're still in my army. Actually, my iron warriors army is pretty old school, still on 25 millimeter uh, goblin green bases so, uh, and I've been doing it that way. I, it grows and grows over the years, but I, I keep it that way. Cause it's tradition at this point. So and I don't always get some comments on the tabletop cause you don't see it much anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd say I'm like a casual competitive player. I'm, I'm competitive and that I, I, when I play a game, I want to win it, but I'm casual in that I'm not net listing. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not on all these sites reading up on the latest and greatest. I don't really go to a lot of tournaments. Uh usually when I do their narrative stuff. So I think I have a pretty good eye for rules just kind of in general. So I know what's strong and what isn't, but I don't know like the latest combos and I'm not uh you know min-maxing and, and and math hammering out every point um in a list. So the stuff I say, you know, if, if you're trying to be a top level competitive player, probably not who you want to hear it from. But I think for anyone else you know it's it's pretty good advice
0: you've been chaotic since the since the jump like from the get-go why why why, when you opened up that second edition that second edition box where you're like no i'm not down with space marines like what was it
2: back then it was so cool because uh i never played it but uh epic 40k um i think it was called space marine back then was at the same time and uh uh what was it slaves to darkness was the uh, chaos expansion for Road trader and the guys that got me into the game started with Road trader so all, all that stuff was there um and there was this chaos was this huge blending of of fantasy and 40k and you know 40k chaos had chaos trolls chaos minotaurs beastmen cultists it just and and i guess in general back then there was just so much less stuff that the space Marines were just very boring you just had a bunch of power armor dudes but with chaos you could have some power armor guys you could have some cultists you could have some beastmen um really you know whatever you wanted to model or collect almost you could work into chaos um and as I started reading a little bit more I just like the uh I don't know that you have a lot of free will in the then with the chaos gods but it didn't seem quite as uh quite as uh i don't know fascist as the uh <laughs> as the imperium seems to be. Um, and maybe that appealed to me too, uh, on a personal side, but, and I love, you know, John Blanche's art was huge back then. He did Imperial stuff too, but, um, some of his chaos artwork was just amazing. Um, I the bolt thrower artwork. John Blanche was like the wild, like it's not hyper realistic. A lot of, uh, like watercolors and, uh, like those blended pencils and stuff. I don't know, I don't even know what you would call his style, but it was just very, like, his stuff was very wild and crazy, and I really, I think it really spoke to me then. Uh, okay, I see,
3: yeah. One of the things I found interesting when you were talking and telling us about where you started was the fact that you went right to kit bashing, like, immediately with the Space Marines, turning into the Iron Warriors. Yeah. Like, I think, like, a lot of players find that kind of uncomfortable when they first start playing. You know what I mean there's first time yeah. modeling is to like change stuff up and go outside the instruction manual. so like did somebody teach you how to do that or did you just kind of figure it out for yourself?
2: no, uh, no actually, my dad had built uh like one thirty fifth and one seventy second scale armor kits uh, back to when he was a kid so probably uh, probably from when I was five or six years old, I built little air fix like one seventy second scale world war two tanks and stuff like that so i 40k was not my introduction to hobbying um it was kind of my introduction to wargaming um so i I had experience building the kit to the instructions doing simple paint stuff like that and don't get me wrong my initial conversions weren't much they were like green stuff horns on helmets and shoulder pads and stuff um and a different paint scheme but um yeah it was you know i was probably 13 14 years old when i started playing and and at that point probably had seven, eight, eight years maybe of, of hobby experience. So it's actually why I turned to Wargaming because I, I used to build these kits and put them on the shelf and it was like, wow, that was fun. But, you know, but I don't do anything with it now. It just sits on my shelf. And right. There's a game where I can build and paint and then I can actually use them. So that's that's what drew me to Warhammer Fantasy into 40K.
3: That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I like, I like that. Um, you, know, you can kind of take that experience from doing that the historical modeling. Cause I wish I had kind of started there sometimes. Like I wish I had done some of that. You know, I always, I remember when I was a kid, I bought like this, um, there's like an F 16 kit. Right. Mm. And I never really got, I got, I built it, but I never, I never put all the, uh, the decals on it and everything. Cause it was just kind of yeah. out of my expertise. I didn't really have like, um, it was nice that your dad kind of did the same thing. You could kind of learn from him, you know, cause I didn't, I didn't yeah. have anybody in my family that was more, more interested in that, but it was like, uh, I think that would have uh I I I always see like a lot a lot now, especially at Nova, like they have so many things to get kids in the forty K, like the the painting classes and stuff where they take the kids around all day and then they have the tournaments and they have the hobby sessions and stuff. So I think that's pretty cool.
0: All right. So I, I have in front of me my copy of Faith and Fury. Colin, let's dive into some of the new stuff that we're finding here in Psychic Awakening, Faith and Fury as you see it as a longtime chaos player.
2: All right. So Like I said, uh, as a casual competitive guy, I, uh, I took a look at these and I, and I will admit, I actually went and, uh, did a quick Google search and found someone else's analysis and just saw what some of the other minds were thinking. But I took my crack at kind of, I wasn't going to go through these in the order that the legions are presented in the book. I kind of took my crack at how I would rank the, uh, seven chaos legions that don't, you know, that are combined in chaos space Marines. Um, from top to bottom, based on the uh, their legion trait, their and then the warlord traits, strats and artifacts that they get from uh, Faith and Fury, and Vigilance and Blaze for the Black Legion. So, for me, I, I feel like the big winner was the Alpha Legion. I, I put them number one, um, and and partially for their legion trait, which I think is fantastic in a predominantly shooting dominated game. Uh, minus one to hit when when uh, the enemy that's targeting them is over twelve inches away. So that th- that didn't change based on uh, on faith and fury, but uh, that kind of sorted them out over some other you know pretty pretty good rules that uh, people got. Um, and the other thing I'd have to say, uh, kind of overall with this analysis, is because two thirds of what each legion got in this book was you know, warlord traits and artifacts, which affect your warlord and all your characters. Um, You know, it, it gives good, they all give good flavor to the army. And I, I think the whole book does a fantastic job of making all these legions very flavorful. Um, But tactically, it really makes the things that were good in chaos, i.e. disco lords and, and uh, demon princes makes them even better. So it's not bringing up you know, units like mutilators, you know, wow, I wish I could use my mutilators. I mean there's a stratagem in Iron Warriors to help, but I don't think it makes them playable um from a competitive aspect. So if you're looking for that, you're not gonna get that. Um you get a lot of flavor and you're gonna get some stuff that's gonna make some of your good units, like I said, disco lords, demon princes, even chaos lords and uh sorcerers uh too, um, that's just gonna make them more potent. Um so anyway, so uh, I'd say Alpha Legion is number one. I thought, uh, they all got about a half dozen relics, um, stratagems, warlord traits. Um, I thought, uh, clandestine, um, one of their warlord traits was pretty outstanding. It gives, uh, a character minus one to hit period. So that's not just in shooting. Um, so it, again, this is a perfect example of what really helps a disco Lord, right? It, it can't hide behind things. Um, so, it's Alpha Legion, now you're minus one to hit if the enemy's 12 inches away. You give him this Warlord trait, that's an additional minus one. So minus two to hit for things that are going to shoot him, and they're going to want to shoot him, and you can't hide him behind your other models because um, he has too many wounds. So uh, I think that's pretty fantastic. Alternatively, they have a relic called the Shade Blade, um, which is a power sword that actually gives plus one strength and D3 damage, which is nice. Um, but if you wanted to and wanted to be really silly, you could stick that on another character, uh, because that sword also its ability is, uh, when resolving an attack against the bearer, again, any attack, not just melee gives minus one hit. So if you're playing legends, you could put them on like a biker Lord or something like that. Uh, probably not as useful on just a foot dude running around, but you know, minus three to hit, that's pretty uh, crazy. And then minus two, Minus two all the time, minus three when you're being shot from over 12 inches away. Um, I think that's pretty fantastic.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, a lot of units in the game start at like BS4, so like a lot of units can't even shoot you at that point, right? Yeah. And then yeah,
2: it's yeah. pretty that's much huge.
4: Yeah.
2: And that really hurts Tao, right? Most of their stuff is BS4, although they could change that with marker lights, but if you're already sticking them with a minus three to start, at least they're not hitting you on twos or something. They're yeah. Not without a lot of effort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Makes um, it incredibly hard. Uh, a lot of those
3: lists I think are running like multiple of those disco Lords too. So probably yeah. like the one, there's that one guy with minus three, you want to show up in your opponent's throat first turn. And then, cause I think they're, they have an ability to, uh, you could like warp time them right with another, just like bring like a,
2: not so sure. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you sorcerer, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they move base twelve anyway, so they're pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. In that case, like if I was playing Alpha Legion, and and to be honest, I have a Disco Lord, and it's not painted yet, so I won't play with it. But um, I don't have a whole lot of experience in that regard. Um, but if I think if I was playing Alpha Legion, I'd probably only take one and try to go this minus two to hit route. Because if you take multiple. They're just going to target the ones that aren't minus due to hit. Um, I don't know. That's kind of how, how I would look at that. Anyway, yeah. it is a fantastic unit though. So maybe you want one more than one and just hope they get in. Um,
3: yeah, because they're pretty devastating in close combat. Right? Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, they're brutal. Um, They regenerate wounds. They've got an invulnerable save. They're yeah, they're pretty strong. Um. For Stratagems, I thought they have some really great ones. Um, I picked out three actually for the Alpha Legion that really stood out to me. One of which, uh, which again could help uh, Disco Lord is called Conceal. Um, it's a 2CP strat that uh means the unit can't be shot unless it's the closest unit to the enemy. So you kind of can hide a Disco Lord. Uh, maybe in that case, maybe you take two Disco Lords and you stack the minuses on one and then. Uh, Conceal the other one the whole time and just put something in front of it to screen it. Uh, Maybe something fast and somewhat resilient, like Possessed or Bikers or something. Now, as a disco ward, is he considered infantry?
3: Can he benefit from the strat? Or is he a. Uh, uh, So he's a a character.
2: No, he's a character. So the FAQ, unless they re FAQ'd the FAQ, um, gave the the Legion traits to. or wait, does that? I think that strategy. Was oh, right. Alpha Legion specifically Infantry. Infantry. Yeah. yeah that's what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You're mm-hmm. right. My bad. Yep. Can't do that. Ignore that statement. But it, I think it's still a good power, though. That's a, I. I think uh, you know Havocs are a fantastic unit, but obviously if they're threatening to your opponent, they're going to shoot them out, and
0: mm-hmm. they, they're could, definitely could, infantry. So you could screen them. Screen them with this yes. for two CP. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Damn. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I know a lot of people are making their possessed like one of the possessed bomb strats right now is to. Make them conceal the possessed, and like mm. shove like uh, like the minus three disco lord up front, and use him as like the you have to shoot at this minus three disco lord.
4: Yeah, that's
3: before, or, and he's blocking, preventing you from shooting at the possessed or something All like yeah, that. You know, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: pretty good. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: that's like Sorry.
0: Yeah, what else? What else stood out to you here?
2: Uh, feigned retreat. One CP allows a unit to fall back and shoot. That's great. Uh, Yeah, for one. And that's any Alpha Legion unit, but that's that's outstanding. Um, And we are Alfarious. I thought this was cool because there's so many good uh, Warlord traits uh, available now. Um, For one CP, you can make one of your characters get an additional to get a Warlord trait. Doesn't count as your actual Warlord for mission points or whatever, but he can pick a Warlord trait. So to me, that seems pretty solid. Yeah, for 1 CP, um,
0: that, that's badass for 1 CP. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, your Disco Lord that you stick out front with the uh, clandestine trait doesn't have to actually be a Warlord and give up mm-hmm. your points. You can have a, someone hiding in the back and just use this to give him that, just to get him that extra minus one.
0: I also like Ambush here for 2 CP. Um, select one alpha, alpha Legion unit from your army within 18 inches of that unit to shoot at the, that unit as if it were your shooting phase right after movement. So after your, so you, sorry, I'll start at the top. Use the stratagem in your opponent's movement phase after an enemy unit is set up on the battlefield as reinforcements. Then you can shoot at it within 18 inches. Yeah, that's solid, too. The, I, the I, Hydra knows all.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and even, yeah, theirs are so great. I actually kind of like the sabotaged armory, too, that gives you plus three on a vehicle blow-up roll. Uh <laughs> be great when someone's <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, that's...
0: This is really good. Yeah.
4: Especially Add if it's something three.
2: like the night or whatever. What's that? Yeah. Girl? Add three. That's pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So yeah, I to me, they were the clear winners, I think, uh, out of this book by far. Um, it's it's a great place to
0: start too because all of these as the rest of them are in this book this is one of my favorite psychic awakening books so far for this region as you said when you started calling it like these are super flavorful right there this is so much alpha legion character in these you know eight war eight stratagems that it's I mean this is what sells you on like picking up an alpha legion army or a night lord's army or whatever is the fact that they can be so much what we understand them to be in the narrative with just these new additions
2: yeah definitely um all right artifact wise uh the big one for me um hydra's whale on a four plus uh for one battle round the length of one battle round your opponent has to spend an extra cp to use the stratagem um that uh i think the four the four plus row is per yeah as soon as they spend uh cp to use a the stratagem they have to roll uh who rolls a four plus? You roll a four plus. You and four and, plus, yeah. and then, they, then they have to spend an extra uh, CP or that's burned. So it um, doesn't go off. So to me, that seems pretty strong. Um, I, all, all the legions got a couple. got a, uh, I think pretty much everyone got some kind of uh, souped up bolter. And, and those are kind of cool to give some uh, characters some uh, some bite. I guess maybe it, it probably is worth speaking of the uh, the alpha legion one, the viper's bite. Uh, rapid fire two strength five AP minus three damage two. Um, because aren't they the ones that get to shoot at a maybe it isn't them? They have a character, Someone. they have a warlord
3: trait that lets them it's at a warlord character,
2: yeah yeah, 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 that's right. Headhunter. Mm-hmm. I knew they had a way to shoot a character, so that's actually kind of could be kind of handy. And they also have the uh, the hydra's teeth, which is a bolt weapon that uh hits automatically and wounds on a two plus unless it's targeting a vehicle or Titanic and you don't get cover. Um could also combine that with a demon shell uh stratagem for D uh, three mortal wounds toss it on something so yeah I think I think the Alpha Legion by far uh are pretty strong here.
3: Okay, hold on. Before we move on can we just get to the good
0: stuff? The What's name that? generator. I was about oh, to say. <laughs> Can we just talk about Serax of the Ghost Code or <laughs> Fed Fedyar Lightfall? Or I like Dynan Seed. Hmm. it's kind of
2: cool that they do that. It's great. It's great if you want to add some flavor to your army,
0: Norafion Screed. Hmm.
3: I think. <laughs> like. I feel like I haven't like gone into these. Podcast prepared enough to do a ranking of these. uh, Like I feel like I wish I could go back like several episodes when we started covering the psychic awakening stuff. Maybe at the end. Maybe when we're done with all the psychic awakening (laughs) releases, we do like a mega compilation of all. Yeah, like ranking all the name generators.
0: Name generator recap. Yeah, that'll be a, a real barn burner of an episode. We'll do.
3: We'll do like a. We'll take like we didn't start the fire and we'll recut it with all these names like yeah. names that we generate from the name generator. You know, Asterix and Darius, you know, Kylan 237, Travis Trial. You know? absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned, stay tuned, folks. <laughs> if, if we're ever going to get kicked off iTunes, it'll be for that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Colin, who did you have uh, right behind the uh, Alpha Legion in the second slot
2: for Cool Chaos stuff? This may be uh, uh, controversial and it definitely pained me. I actually ranked my Iron Warriors fairly far down the list. I got got the Iron Warriors coming in number four. Uh, But I put uh, Emperor's Children as second. Um, They have a very strong Legion trait. Again, that didn't change from this, but I, I factored it into my rankings for people who were trying to decide on a chaos uh, legion that they wanted to play you know their legion traits fantastic they always fight first in the fight phase but uh, you know it can't be overstated you know obviously shooting is better than close combat but if you get there it's pretty important to, to fight first so i think that's very strong and then the other thing that i liked about them and they, they had a bunch of good stuff too which we'll get into but i feel like they have some good stuff if you want to make a gun line. And then they've got some good stuff to turn uh, to really have like a a murder character, whether he's got a jump pack or a disco lord or a demon prince. They got some stuff to turn some guys into into real blenders. Um, Then they got some other fancy little tricks, too. So um, overall, I thought they were I thought they were pretty good Um, for warlord traits. What stood out to me, I think intoxicating musk um, enemies within three inches suffer minus one to hit. Feels like a great thing to stick on a demon prince or a disco lord that you want to shove down people's throats, and that's uh, unless I'm reading that wrong. You know, enemy unit, yeah, subtract one. So not targeting that warlord, it's period. So you yep. shove someone down their throat, and then everyone near is getting minus one to hit. So no matter what they're shooting at, hand, no matter what they're attacking, yeah. it's pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty solid.
3: Yeah, uh, like what's like a good, really durable warlord you could throw down somebody's and just leave them there? You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess if you're disc- in extended combat, you're probably killing them anyway because you're fighting first. But
2: yeah, but I well, I mean, I I think disco lords are resilient. Demon princes are fairly resilient. Uh, I mean, it's any unit. Okay. It's targeting an enemy
3: unit, though, so if they even have one model within three inches to that Warlord, the entire yeah. unit yeah.
2: gets it. Yeah, yeah. if you can hit the steam between a couple of different units, even if you don't get into one of them with, in combat or kill the one you're in, uh, then consolidate up onto something else um, and, and spread that minus one around. Yeah. It'd really hurt. Yeah, that's pretty nasty.
0: I, I, also, I also really like the Unbound Arrogance Warlord trait here, Colin, too. This is really kind of a goofy one, but also really kind of kind of fun too. When you choose this warlord to fight with, you and your opponent secretly choose a number from one to three on a D six. So you basically like, you know, you set your dice aside, cover it with your hand, right? Then you reveal your choices simultaneously. If the chosen numbers differ, this warlord can make a number of additional attacks that fight sequence equal to the number that you chose.
2: (laughs) That's kind of amazing. It's 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 a fun little mini game. I I kinda left that one off from the competitive aspect probably sure, sure probably not the one i would pick but uh definitely entertaining yeah that's a good <laughs> little mini game that's good way to put it yeah we need more of
3: that stuff in warhammer more, more randomization
2: yeah <laughs> I feel like well, back in the day there was a lot of that they definitely streamlined a lot of that out um i thought loathsome grace was pretty good to me that seemed pretty solid uh re-roll charge rolls and uh, plus one strength, plus one attack when charging or heroically intervening. Um, yeah, I thought awesome. that'd be kind of cool. Combine that with uh, uh, the uh, intoxicating elixir relic from the main CSM book, which all which gives plus one strength to plus one attack all the time. So again, kind of turn a character into a bit of a blender. Mm-hmm. Um, and re rolling charge rolls can't can't overstate mm-hmm. that. Um, I think they've got something else too to. Skip ahead. Yeah, so uh, Honor the Prince, a 1CP stratagem. um, After you roll a charge for any Emperor's Children unit, um, I'm sorry, it says Emperor's Children Slanesh unit, but that should apply to pretty much everything. Uh, You could change the result of one of the d6s rolled to a 6. That's great. So when you got to get in there, um, those two things together could really make sure it happens. Especially over a long, you know, like a 10, 11, 12 inch charge, something like that. I mean, a 10 like, inch charge becomes a 50 50 roll um, with that stratagem and a, a re-roll from uh, Low Grace. So um, that's pretty so nasty. Is- like, if you threw that
3: on a demon prince, like, mm, hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but even uh, Terminators or uh, Raptors, Warped Talons, uh, especially Warped Talons because they're better when they get off a charge on their drop, um, or even the uh, much maligned uh, Mutilators, maybe coming out of deep oh, strike and yeah. actually make it into combat. That's great. I want Mutilators to be so good. They're 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 getting cheaper. I think they just need a few more points on to be <laughs> playable. But uh, I feel like they just I'm need some
3: right some love and confidence, Colin. You know, you just gotta. <laughs>
2: yeah stand behind them a little bit yeah (laughs) or they could start by making the stat line more like or like the new obliterator line because they still have the old uh the the same stat line they've always had which is what the obliterators used to have Mm. um then they but i think they're only like 35 points now so you gave them that obliterator stat line they'd probably be a few more points they probably need to be down in like the twenty-five point range, seventy-five points for a squad of three. Fill an elite spot if you need to, in a, in a detachment might see some use.
3: Mm. Hey, next time we'll we'll play test it.
2: Yeah. All right, I think I might actually have to build some. I don't know that I have any. So <laughs> <laughs> good they've been. Hey, if we're <laughs> proxying
3: the point costs, we could proxy the amount of too. Yeah. <laughs> <No>, that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Touche. <laughs> So for, uh, for strats, I picked two that kind of stood out to me, one of which was uh, combat elixirs, um, two CP strat that you can give to a Emperor's Children unit, not a vehicle or a Chaos Cultist. Um, use once per strat before the battle, and you can choose to give them plus one attack, plus one strength, plus two, pers- uh, plus two move, um, or plus one toughness. So mm. a lot of flexibility there. Um I thought that was pretty uh, pretty handy.
0: Yeah, if you and, plan that if you plan that right, you can only use that once per battle. But if you plan that right, that could be really powerful.
2: Yeah. Um, the other one that really stood out to me was excruciating frequencies because I think uh, noise Marines shooting with their traditional noise weapons is probably not usually that highly regarded. I th- and I think the sonic blasters are still so, still ridiculously costed, maybe two three points for something that's not much better than a a storm bolter. Uh, generally, um, but was, with this strat, which costs one CP, um, they get all their noise weapons, sonic blasters, uh, doom sirens, and blast masters get plus one strength and plus one damage. Um, and then don't forget, too, that with a slanesh unit, you could pick it to shoot twice uh, with cacophony as slanesh. So um, that could be pretty solid on a large unit of noise marines, actually make them kind of scary, I think.
0: That's great, man. Yeah. Isn't there a way
3: they can also shoot at a phase or shoot when they die or something like that? Uh,
2: yes, Music of the Apocalypse, but they have to... Uh, I think they have to die in close combat. I don't think that's a... Uh, I don't think that's whenever they die. Where is that? Sorry, flipping books here. I do have, uh, I do have, uh, where is it? Yeah. I do have Emperor's Children in the works, but I've not yet played them in this edition. Oh, I
4: can't. We
2: don't have to
3: go through it right now. But um, Yeah, Music just, of the uh, Apocalypse.
2: No, each time a unit in this model in this unit is slain, period. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's strong now. Uh, yeah, you know? oh, there you go.
2: Yeah. Now, is that just like a
3: normal ability they have, or is that like a a, a stratagem or something?
2: No, no, no. It's a, that's a unit that Noise Marines have. That's unit, yeah. yeah. Nice. That's so Yeah, that's pretty solid. I was thinking it was only in close combat, but uh, that's pretty good. Um, and so, how long when, until the end? Uh, so, true shading frequencies only last until the end of the phase, so it's not on for a whole battle round. Mm hmm. It's not like you could shoot, shoot again, and then do it in your opponent's turn when they kill your models. You'd have to pop that off again, so probably not as as useful there. But um, that was strats artifacts. Got a couple that I really like. Again, I, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else for the strats? I don't wanna
0: no, I think totally you, no. No you, no, you you picked Frequency uh, frequencies. Is my favorite, just because I really like noise marines, but. Honor the Honor the prince as you mentioned before is really great. Turning yep. one of your D six charge rolls into a six.
3: I mean, I like the combat elixirs. Uh, just the way it kind of you can like buff a unit before battle, but probably not the best like competitive. But I think it's pretty
2: cool. I don't know though. A unit of uh, T five Terminators would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Something like that, or.
3: Not a, so you can't do it. Can be any emperor's children unit that's not a vehicle or a chaos cultist.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
3: So you could buff a. You could buff a, a demon prince to get another plus two move. Then you give him the the charge, reroll plus the stats going in the combat with the warlord trait, and then the <laughs> you can give him the the six d six to a six charge buff. You know. So he's just like, bam, right up. His- yeah, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's an yep. expensive turn, but it was a good one.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With low, with lose some grace and uh, the elixir on him, he's plus two strength, plus two attack, plus two move from combat elixirs and re-roll charges with a six option. If you need it. Yeah.
0: That- that's bad. Like I
2: said, though, that's kind of the downside of, of faith and truth. And I-, I, I don't want to make it sound too bad because I love the book, but, and what it does for the legions, but, you know, two thirds of what we're talking about is mainly buffing your characters. So,
0: mm. right.
2: Um, what really, about
0: uh, what, what about artifacts here, Con? What did you like here for the Emperor's Children?
2: Uh, remnant of the Maraviglia. Yeah, um, that can be carried by a priest, and once per battle, instead of chanting their prayer, um, he can broadcast the remnant. Until the end of that round, when resolving an attack made by a model in a Friendly Emperor's Children unit within six inches of a model with this relic, you can re-roll the wound roll. So that's any attack, shooting or melee.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, again, could com- combo nicely with a big unit of Noise Marines firing twice with uh, the uh, the excruciating frequencies. Really lay down some hurt. Yeah, that's a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, and chaos really and chaos doesn't have a way to re-roll shooting wounds unlike the Imperium so our priests only let us or our uh, our lieutenant equivalent only lets us reroll uh wounds in morale or in uh, melee i mean really so that yeah yeah oh. yeah the uh,
0: the Raymond revulsive is also really good here um, rerolling yeah, uh, reroll hits um, and reroll charges and wounds it's great yeah
2: Reroll hits charges and wounds yeah yeah that was actually my other one that i picked that's so oh, good
0: yeah cool pretty cool spe- yeah.
2: pretty spectacular
0: yeah it's really strong. but even
2: you know I-, I like their shooting ability too they instead of getting a bolter like most of the legions got they got a uh, a way basically to put a, uh, a a doom siren on one of your characters 12 inch range assault d6 strength 6 minus 2 damage 1 Hits automatically and no cover bonus to the saving throw. So that's a fatal, nice
0: fatal sonancy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice little trick to put on a character, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
3: kind of like this distortion, man. This thing's sick. Did you see this? Power, uh, oh,
4: yeah.
3: Or sword or power sword. And it, uh, strength user, AP minus four, D3 damage. At the start of the fight phase, the bearer can look upon their reflection. Until the end of that phase, this weapon has a strength characteristic of times two. And when resolving an attack made with this weapon, you subtract one from the hit roll. So you're hitting on threes instead of twos, whatever. But that's, you know, you're hitting at strength eight or ten instead of mm-hmm. four you know, or five. That's, pretty hot. Thick.
2: that's hot. That's yeah. hot. Yeah, definitely good.
3: Um right. Reminds me of a bad guy from Roroni Kenshin who did the Shinawipo. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. But, uh, he looks into his sword and he gets all jacked because he like hypnotizes himself with it. I don't know. That's probably, probably <laughs> where they got the flavor text from this film. Oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Alright, what's up? What's up next? Are we the moving move? on to... We're not yeah. going to talk about uh, their tactical objectives? Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I really wish they would do some cards for these though, so you'd have the cards. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. It's because you've generally got your cards, and now you gotta. I mean, I guess you could make some. You take a spare deck or something. To, You're not supposed <laughs> to, right? Because it'd be like
3: if you have like the the regular deck of cards, and then you put in like some like That's shanty. Like, yeah, know. you'll be able to tell the difference. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Unless you, you do sleeves. Oh,
2: I guess you. No, do I meant. I meant. Uh, print these on paper and then glue them over top of a spare deck of cards. Mm. Oh, Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You could probably hide them that way. Mm -hmm. I guess they'd be technically a little bit thicker, but wouldn't be super, super obvious. Certainly all right for casual part.
0: Yeah. And the name generator does not disappoint here. I'm looking at Zuvus of the Silken Blade or Zyander Barakosian or Solomon Vestorian. Yeah, these are really, these are intense.
2: Yeah. Por- How about Gle- that- it's the seeker of pleasures? Oh yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> damn it, fulcrum Perillion
3: the hedonist The per Ooh, the, there's a perfect. Oh, I, I could have yeah. gone with an alliterative name, Perilian, the perfect.
0: Damn, <laughs> damn. Screw damn. that one up. You got one. You got one. <laughs> Who's next, Colin? Who did you like in uh, in fourth place here? Third,
2: third, third place, third place. Third, third place. We've only got two so far, Tim. Yep, third. My bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long we have. If we got to speed this up or not? Let me. No, know.
0: no, no, no. This is great. This is great.
2: Uh-huh. Um, in third, I've got the World Eaters. Mm. Um, that was a tough call for me. I actually I went back and forth between World Eaters and Iron Warriors. Um, they both got some good stuff. Obviously, I'm prejudiced towards the Iron Warriors, although I do also have a World Eaters army, but. Um, that's a story for a different day, um, but I think and and close combat is traditionally in this edition not as strong, but I think their legion trait is actually better than the Iron Warriors. Iron Warriors have a real, you know, ignore cover, reroll damage against buildings, like or reroll wounds against buildings. how little it comes up. <laughs> so I think I think you got to take plus one attack when charging um, over the top of that. Then that kind of pushed them past into third place, in my opinion.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, you never know so, when those buildings come out of nowhere, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's that? Yeah, I said, if that building comes out of nowhere and just gets you, you know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. wish you had that
0: Iron Warriors tree. <laughs> I'm going to deep strike this bastion right quick.
2: <laughs> well, uh, demon players can deep strike that uh, corn. Tower of Skulls thing or whatever the that terrain piece is, but I don't know if anyone actually does that.
3: (laughs) That's terrifying. I've never seen that done. I think actually I I,
2: discovered a new meta play here: (laughs) deep strike buildings. I think the Nurgle players can't they deep strike? Can't they summon the? uh, I'm sorry, not deep strike, but they can summon. They can summon that fortification, and I think the Nurgle players can summon that uh, that tree thing too. Hmm. The Nurgle forest deal. I don't remember what it's called, but and I you know that's that as well that's kind of cool and it's good for the environment sort of
3: <laughs> so,
4: that's trees. right yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> green yeah. before their time that's right <laughs> so green
0: <laughs> yeah so the, the world leaders do have some great warlord traits here. I, I especially like Slaughterborn. Uh, when an enemy character, monster, or titanic model is destroyed as a result of an attack made by this warlord, add one to this warlord's attacks and strength characteristics. It just, like, it, it's, ex- again, extremely flavorful, like those butcher's nails, like just enraging these these uh, this warlord every time he fights, making him more and more mad, more and more angry, more and more vicious, and plus one attacks and strength every time he wins a fight with a character monster or Titanic is kind of cool. A little, a little bit, you know, a little bit situational, but it's, but it's very flavorful. I like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say in terms of Titanic stuff, I think a disco Lord could probably take down uh, a knight. Um, and so you could, you could definitely get some of those bonuses or just use them to hunt a character. Yeah. could definitely get that. I liked, uh, I, I think I tend to prefer traits that help my army as opposed to help an individual character. Just more my play style. Um, I picked out, uh, although I guess I pick a, 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 I, I, I like some that also help characters. But for me, the standout was violent urgency. Uh, one to advance and charge rolls for uh, world e- world leaders units within six inches. Um, doesn't seem like a lot, but you know every little bit helped, and, and you got to get to close combat with them. I mean, if you're playing, unless you're playing some kind of wonky army, you probably got a lot of possessed and world and uh, berserkers and something, and yeah, they're not going they go. they to get anything against combat. So mm-hmm. you got to get them there. Yeah. Um, and I also liked, and, and then I guess this is the flip side of that coin. I I I do like this one that affects the character battle lust. Yeah. Uh, when you heroically intervene, um, you can do so within six inches, and you always fight first. So pretty nice on a, a character lurking behind your battle lines to come mm-hmm. up and, and support when they hit you back. Those are my standouts. How about you guys?
0: Yeah, definitely that that and Slaughterborn, but that's again it's a, you know, a very specific uh, one for a warlord who's who's up in everybody's grill, but he's, you know, to to be able to consistently buff a warlord in the right situation, is is kind of badass. Yeah,
3: I think a true berserker could be good in the right situation, but I was
2: just going to yeah. say that one. That's yeah. a that's <laughs> a, a, a good pick too. I think
0: that's uh, when resolving an attack made with a melee weapon against this model halve any damage inflicted, rounding up. So that model is only taking half as much damage. That's yeah, that's good.
3: That could save, like a disco lord going up against a knight or something like that, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. a that's a good point.
3: But there, also on the flip side of that, you might as well just take the extra strength and attacks, and if you kill the knight before it can hit you, you're taking less damage. So <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah,
4: that's kind like of the fun.
2: one half dozen of the other kind of a thing, right? Uh, good offense is uh, makes a great defense in that case. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, strats so strats uh something else about me that i didn't say in the introduction i love terminators and i know they're not very competitive but i freaking love terminators and Dreadnoughts <laughs> slash Hellbrutes are like my favorite thing in the 40k universe um and uh so for me red butchers stands out off the top two cp start of the battle you pick a, a terminator a corn or a world Eaters terminator unit they get plus one strength and they get the berserker ability to fight a second time. Oh. Uh, to me, that's—I'm actually—I did not have any uh, terminators in my world leaders army, and I'm putting together a unit of ten now just for that strategy. So I, yeah, that's that's amazing in my in my book. I mean, they're terminators, but their their cost has been coming down. I think they were with no buffs. I think terminators are just about maybe kind of in there playable. Um, but then, when you give them something like this, I think they're pretty solid.
0: Yeah, they can make up their points pretty easily with something like that for two CP. That's that's definitely worth it. Yeah,
2: especially with the variety of weapons that you can give them, they can really lay down some pain when they get to fire fight twice. Unlike the berserkers that are only fighting with chain swords or chain axes, and maybe a power fist on your champion. But um, the other one that I picked that was I thought was kind of a sleeper, and I think a lot of people might overlook this one, but I think it's huge. Uh, kill main burn for one CP uh, unit can consolidate six inches. I think that's a, a really key way because people are going to try to screen you away from their stuff when you're trying to charge in there. So now it, it's almost impossible to screen that because they're basically seven inches. They've got to stay seven inches. Their, their screening unit has to be seven inches away from whatever they're trying to screen. So especially for someone that's castled up, um, they they don't have that kind of room. So, you're going to kill their screen, you know, their cultists or their guardsmen or whatever, and then consolidate into the good stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a really good one. I also love uh, Skulls for the Skull Throne here too. This is like an auto take on any of your characters. Um, Use the stratagem in the fight phase when an enemy character model is destroyed as a result of an attack made by a melee weapon with a world eater's character from your model, you gain D3 command points every time that happens. So exactly. Yeah, it is an auto take,
2: right? So you're at least
0: getting the command point back, but yeah, I love that one.
3: Yeah. That was good. I feel like that should be zero CP because I think they made one for Space Wolves that's zero CP. It does the same thing. Really?
2: Yeah. A zero CP? Yeah.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's well, zero. it would be all upside. Yeah. Yeah. I feel but like... But even it, still, you got a two-thirds chance of getting uh, extra CPs, so... Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Um relics relics I, I actually felt the corn relics were a little bit weak um to me banner of rage is a priest item um this does not replace their prayer at the start uh once per battle at the start of the fight phase a model this relic can unfurl the banner of rage if they do add one to the attacks characteristic of models and friendly world leaders units whilst their unit is whilst their unit is within six inches so two things about that. One is the the, uh, the Legion trait grants them an additional attack when they charge. So it doesn't give them plus one attack on their profile. So if they fight twice or fight a third time, they only get one extra attack. And that was addressed in the FAQ. This says they get plus one attack. So when you fight three times with a Berserker unit or, or a Red Butcher's unit, they have an extra attack on each of those fights. So I think... The- to me, that's pretty solid.
4: Wow, huh? I didn't know that uh, they didn't
3: multiply the attacks on the charge like that. That's interesting. I didn't.
2: Yeah,
4: know uh, yeah
2: well, it, I think they just FAQ'd it to or to clarify it because when you read the ruling and well, at least in, I have the old CSM book. I didn't buy the new one because um, it. You know, they. I, I ended up getting all the other rules in other books anyway, but maybe they changed it. But in the original book, it says one additional attack in that fight phase, or however it's worded, it is not to their profile. So I think they were just clarifying it. Um,
0: and there there, are so two other, was, there, there are two other artifacts here that are kind of like historically significant. Um, world eaters artifacts. There's this plasma pistol, the Crimson Killer, which is very much something like what Karn would be running around with. You know, his, his, he loved his plasma pistol, um, which is automatic, um, a mortal wound on a four up, which, um, and Gorefather, which is wait, wait,
2: you know, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on though, crim- the, the Crimson Killer stat line is strength nine, AP <sighs> minus three, D three. So even off the top, it's way better than a plasma pistol. But it is still three, a plasma. Pistol. It's three, three damage. Three damage. Yeah, three damage, yeah, three damage fixed. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And a four plus uh, unmodified four plus the wound gets you an automatic an extra mortal wound.
0: It's a it's a permanently like overcharged plasma pistol. Holy with, shit! With, with a badass mortal wound on a four up. Yeah, that, that's uh, and really it doesn't good.
2: and it doesn't it doesn't kill you either on a one right. hit. My <clears> Karn's pistol. I think mm-hmm. Karn's pistol still kills him. Yeah. If <laughs> I remember
0: and Gorefather, which is a storied uh, chain axe weapon that the uh, world leaders have had forever that's a plus two strength AP minus two uh, fixed three damage but when resolving an attack made with this weapon subtract one from the hit roll and on an unmodified wound roll of six it suffers three mortal wounds in the attack sequence and so that's three mortal wounds right off the jump on a six that's awesome
3: holy crap yeah so um Okay, yeah, never mind. It I sounded sounded like you were about to make a
0: great point. Well,
3: I was thinking about what the significance was for the attack sequence ending, but it does do its regular damage. Uh right, right, right. Okay. Would be my
0: understanding
2: of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, makes okay. sense. Gotcha.
0: What else did you have on uh, artifacts, Colin? Did anything else stand out to you?
2: I think those are two good ones. Yeah. Um, I think the, the Berserker Glaive isn't bad. Um, it's a, a replaces a power axe Or the axe of dismemberment On, on one of those uh, executioner dudes um, Same stat line as a power axe Except two damage But it gives you a five up uh, uh, Feel no pain um, Which is always handy to have on a character mm. Unfortunately it, It's only power axe or axe of dismemberment So you can't use it for a forged axe On a demon prince Where it'd be really nice But do
3: you think they do that on purpose just to punish
2: Chaos players? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> as, as someone who's seen the highs and lows of GW's treatment of Chaos over the years, I'd say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and looking at the which, name. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, which, uh, as an aside, if Ninth edition is in the near future, I hope it just doesn't completely uh uh obsolete these rules because i just remember uh uh, what was that traders hate Mm -hmm. was that the book that they came out at the end of seventh after we bitched and bitched about not having legion rules and then we Mm -hmm. got that like six months before the edition switch thanks guys this is kind of the same right it was a year before total before the edition switch but for sure it seemed to fit their pattern of how they treat us
0: And the name generator does not disappoint. We have a lot of names that end in K, which seems uh, very world eatery. Um, we have Beric Faux Ripper. I like Basca Red Eye. Love that one. Yep. <laughs> Grosk Spine Crusher. Yes. Blood Hair. Ooh, Blood Hair is the last name. That's a good one. Blood Hair. What do you got, Colin? What'd you get?
2: Uh. Core and the Eightfold. Yes, the Eightfold Path. Tisk tisk
3: tisk. I like boo for core. <laughs> Weak. Say that. We'll say that really fast. We to have to edit that. <laughs> for core. For core. <laughs> oh, we gotta edit you out.
4: Beep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, Colin you had said your beloved uh, iron warriors are next on the list yeah
2: yes they come in right in the middle of the pack fourth of seven um, do you want me to talk about them now or I was gonna talk a little bit about my demon engine list in the end and we could talk about it then I don't, I don't know what you want me to do
0: well let, let's keep Please. it in sequence let's keep it in sequence and then we'll uh, okay. we'll talk about demon engines at the end yeah
2: okay um, so let me flip so
3: iron warriors they'll be page 78 for those reading at
2: home yep, for those following along at home <laughs> um butterflies in the sky you i'll probably focus on them a little bit more since they are my my legion of choice but uh i think i had three warlord traits out of there one of which was uh demon smith uh when resolving an attack made by a model on a friendly iron warriors demon engine or iron wars cult of destruction i.e. obliterators, not that you're playing mutilators. Uh, Within six inches of this warlord, an unmodified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. To me, that seems pretty solid. Yeah. I also like Iron Without. um, Gives a warlord warlord a five up, feel no pain. And I like Siege Master, which again is one of our limited ways to reroll wound rolls. So when resolving an attack made with a ranged weapon by a model in a friendly Iron Warrior's Havocs or Iron Warrior's vehicle unit within six inches of this Warlord, re-roll a wound roll of one. That's really good for yeah. Havocs. Whoa. So the the only other way that I know of to re-roll wounds, or one of the only other ways to re-roll wounds, is that uh, the Devastation Battery, uh, Warlord Trade, allows you to re-roll ones against vehicles I think to wound um, but we have real limited ways to reroll wound rolls so this is pretty fantastic in my opinion I yeah and I usually run the uh, feel no pain one uh, my army is led by a, a master of possession so nice to give him a little extra five up in the games that I have played he usually finds himself he hides behind the demon engines The demon engines eventually die and then he finds himself trying to mop up stuff at the end of the game so having a 5 up or a 4 up in vulnerable and then a 5 up feel no pain is helpful
3: i'm going to take the morale one because no one
2: ever does i feel like they need <laughs> some love you know <laughs> i think that could be useful with uh, cultists. I, I i think there's some especially if you want to recycle them with the tide of traders rather than having to spend cp to keep them in the game but oh, that's
3: make- true that's not a bad strat column. I may have to take that one
2: uh, <laughs> over this year. Yeah. Bring lots of, bring <laughs> lots of uh, cultists. By the way, speaking so being a cultist. I, uh, or I, I finally, now that the new uh, obliterators have rolled out, I finally retired my, my, uh my old first edition. Well, not first game edition, but the original edition obliterators that are about the size of a space Marine. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to use them. I bought a few more on eBay I'm going to start using them as cultists like Tom does. So I love that. Oh, idea. Nice. Or his army. So <laughs> That's great. I'll be doing that too now.
0: That's great.
3: That's got to be a hard thing to find in mass quantity though. I would imagine.
2: Yeah. Right. So I'm only going to have a squad of 10, but Tom's, Tom's up to 40 or 50. I he's think, got a so. ton of them. Yeah. 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 He's resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> he spends a lot of time on eBay. I think
3: <laughs> he's always looking for a good deal. He always posts the, uh, yeah. Like the uh, auction stuff on that group, which is nice. You know, Even when we had the page for him, he would, he would always post it on yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, we'll see. I guess they didn't do Burke's Spring Assault this year, right? No, it, it got
2: canceled because of the virus. Yeah. It yeah, should have been
3: so. coming up in May sometime this month, I think, originally. But. Right. So yeah. maybe next year we'll see him there. I, I saw they
2: canceled, they canceled uh, Summer Slaughter too, right?
3: Yeah, unfortunately. I know gamers have been, I don't know if we talked about it, but they converted to a mini mart now. So they're entirely stocking, like, it, they're like an Asian mini mart. So they're selling, like, ramen, bags of rice, stuff like that. Wow. Uh, they can stay in business. Wow. Yeah. I think they sold all their computers or in the process of selling some of them or something. So Damn. they might have to rebuild once this thing. Finishes out, but wow, wow. Um, you know, support them if you can, guys.
2: Hmm. Uh, I suspect Liberty Hammer is probably a no-go this year too. Yeah, and I mean, the end, end the June is pretty close. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I keep thinking, not to get totally sidetracked here, but I keep thinking like the next uh, Nova newsletter is going to be the last one too. It's, I, I think that's. Yeah. I don't. I don't I see can, it happening.
3: I can't imagine that they will wait any longer than the last day in June to put that yeah. notification out. Like, yeah. cause they, they did say in like the last few uh, newsletters that they need to give their vendors and their, like their um, seminar uh, teachers and stuff like that time to plan around it. So yeah. I don't think they can't really like wait until the last minute. Yeah. Um,
2: unfortunately. Now labor day is late this year though, right? So maybe there's an outside chance I think it's the first week of, se- of September
4: mm.
2: but well, yeah it's, it's the second second to the sixth mm-hmm. so yeah still not too far away in the way things are looking right now for no. sure be, even if even if things were technically opened up I, I gotta think people are gonna still be skittish about gathering in large groups and or, or even Mike would not want to mm-hmm. put people in that situation That's even the if thing. they were te- yeah. technically open.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a hard situation because it's like it could be, even if for some reason they decided to run it, and I know that they would be they're usually pretty like um, you know, they're going to take every precaution, right? But if for some reason they decide to run it then they might see people just not they may not see a good turnout because of the yeah. situation as well, which could put them further back from doing it again next year so uh, financially it just doesn't really make sense for sure Uh,
2: i'm sure there's a sweet spot for numbers for them just to break even so
3: Mm -hmm.
2: i mean
3: i would encourage people
2: to you know
3: like we get through this thing obviously everybody's like um financially this is a scary situation for everybody but uh, you know once we get through this thing everything normalizes that's like a good charity to donate to because they do do a good cause. They put on a good sh- uh, show for us every year mm-hmm. and everything. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk
0: Iron Warrior stratagems.
2: All right. So, for me, the standout here, and it kind of ties into the army that I'm playing, which is my regenerating demon engines, and it can get kind of silly. But for one CP, unholy vigor. Use the stratagem at the start of your movement phase. Select one Iron Warriors vehicle model from your army. That model gains up to three lost wounds. And so to give you a little sneak peek of the army that I'm running, um I got a couple of defilers. Uh now that they got the the Legion keyword, I'm also using a couple uh of the uh plague hulks, because you can have Legion uh, plague hulks now. Um and uh, so the defilers, most of the demon engines regenerate a wound on their own. I run warp smiths who can heal D three wounds. Um, this will heal another three wounds to one vehicle, and then I run a master of possession that has the sacrifice power, where you can deal a mortal wound to any model and heal D three more wounds to a demon engine, or if the mortal wound that you deal was dealt to a warp smith, you heal a fix three. So I can feel i can heal a demon engine seven with its native regen i can heal him seven plus these three wounds a turn but don't <laughs> kill it it's gonna be back at full strength basically when you shoot at it again so it's pretty annoying you really have to throw the fire it
3: I, it and, is annoying because i experienced it during the apocalypse firsthand it was horribly annoying
4: <laughs>
3: yeah i was like and, Colin uses these little stitch counters for wound counters. And I just saw them going like every turn. He'd like, like turn it around like, like seven or eight spots, you know, I'd be like, what what, what are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was spinning around like the price is white, right wheel back in
2: a position. I was and super, and I don't, I don't know <laughs> if the plague Hulk is super competitive and it's points cost. But what, for me, what stands out is, Um, it's toughness eight as opposed to toughness seven, like most of the other demon engines, which I think is huge. Um, and instead of regenerating a wound, so I can only, it regenerates one less, which is nothing. It has a five up feel no pain. And it has a five up invulnerable save. And since my, my master possessions, other power that he's packing is cursed earth, which gives a plus one invul save to demons within, um, six inches of him. So T eight, uh, 13, 14 wounds, um, four up in vault and a five up feel no pain. And when you manage to put damage on them, I'm going to deal mm-hmm. seven or eight wounds back to it. So a T8
3: is really the big thing there too. Yes. It's like that T8 yeah. big.
2: Yeah. 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 It's huge against mass shots that can whittle stuff down. Mm-hmm. Putting it to a six really hurts. So for me, that's the big standout. Um, one of the other ones that's really good methodical annihilation for one CP. Um, in the shooting phase, when an iron warrior's unit from your army has chosen to shoot, you, you can either, um, re-roll the damage roll, um, for that weapon for any weapon that that unit shoots, or you can re-roll, uh, any, all of the dice to determine the type characteristic of the weapon. So like a fragment missile, you can re-roll a flamer mm-hmm. hits. You can reroll. um, to me, that one's pretty damn solid. Uh Usually I use it for the damage roll. It's usually going on Havocs with last cannons or missile launchers. When I get a hit to stick, I want to get that six. So it gives me a ch- another chance to do that.
0: You can, you can almost build a list around uh, rampant Technovirus virus too, can't you? For one CP, iron warriors, obliterators, or mutilators, um, shoot or fight with. Until the end of that phase, you can re-roll any or all of the D3 rolls made for that unit's flesh metal guns or flesh metal weapons abilities.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty solid one, too, if, if you're using those units. Um, I typically, well, recently I've not been using my obliterators just because I've run so many demon engines and they're not cheap, and the, the obliterators lead up your points. Uh, but if you, if you are, yeah, that, that one's huge. Um, cannon fodder is also nice. For two CP, you can make them shoot at a cultist unit um, until they're destroyed, basically. They have to shoot at the cultist before anything, uh, anything else. Ooh. Uh, hmm. I'm sorry, if you pick a unit um, and one uh, cultist unit, they have to shoot at the cultist before they can shoot at the unit.
0: Yeah, like a perma screen. Yeah, that's great.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really good. I, I think they got some pretty fantastic relics. Yeah. Um, Basically, uh, across the board, uh, I love It Goes on my Warlord, the uh, Master of Possession. The uh, that u- that unit gains the Demon keyword and gets plus one Strength toughness and wounds. Ooh. So for me, it's good because it gets Demon. So now it now it benefits from any Demon buffs like uh, cursed Earth. Um, so I love that one. It's great. Um, uh, the techno-venomous mecha-tendrils for a warp <laughs> That's amazing. Four additional attacks, and when they hit, they cause a mortal wound. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. So, actually, and I have a question for you guys. you probably a little bit uh, better on the rules than me. When the bearer fights, it makes four additional attacks with this weapon, and only those four attacks can be made with this weapon. So I read it as you make those four attacks with this weapon as opposed to you can't choose to make all of his attacks with it As instead of his power axe. But what about um, Death to the False Emperor? If any of those rolls are sixes, do they generate an additional attack from this weapon? I would think so.
0: Perfect. I would think so
2: too, but...
3: Only those four attacks can be made with this weapon. So... To me, that says...
0: You're... Huh. Yeah, that only those four attacks can be made with this weapon is tricky, Colin. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. Like I said, I,
2: I read it as you can't take his. You can't choose to make all of his attacks with it. You've got to use his regular melee weapon for profile attacks. It makes sense. Or but... it's plus one attack for uh, for being a heretic of Sardis, that kind of stuff. You can't yeah, throw those. I, w- I, w- I would say you can death of the False Emperor with it. Why not? Yeah. That, that would be my take.
0: Or is it limiting you to just four attacks and then Death of the False Emperor does not apply? But I can't see that being the case. No. no.
2: Yeah, it would well, have to, yeah. If you rolled a six, what would happen then? You'd have to transfer that attack to a different weapon? Yeah, that's you're right. You're right. I, can't, uh, I, don't
0: know.
3: I think you can do that with Death of the False Emperor, though, can't you? Because I think when you do Mortarian's attacks, you can, like, switch the weapon profile
2: oh really I think so I don't know I'd have to look <laughs> at it death to the false emperor each time you roll a hit roll of six plus for a model with disability in the fight phase it can if it was targeting an imperium unit immediately make an extra attack against the same unit using the same weapon mm. so that's different profiles of the same weapon for tarion right
4: hmm
3: yeah yeah so he can switch to profile of the same yep. weapon, yeah um yeah, so I don't know, like because of the way that that's worded um you're you're making an additional attack, but you can only do those original four attacks with this weapon, so it kind of conflicts a little bit. I think maybe there that needs a fact, yeah. I would be interested, like, if anybody's listening, I'd be interested, you know, what your take is on it. Maybe comment on our Instagram or our, uh, Facebook. When you yeah, the,
0: yeah the, the two tricky yeah. words there, right, are four additional attacks, and then those, and only those four attacks can be made. That's, yeah. yeah.
3: Usually, I think with 40k, it's like a permissive rule set, so I think usually the the not allowing would override the allowance of the extra attack. Like, you would be limited to those four attacks. Mm. yeah
2: <laughs> yeah uh, even even still i think that's great uh, you know his because the mecha attacks are pretty mad they're i think they're just base strength four otherwise yeah. mm-hmm. so causing mm-hmm. more wounds on a hit mm-hmm. is pretty awesome it's great
0: yeah it's great those are good
2: um, axe of the Forge Master is cool. Power axe or demonic axe on a against a vehicle on an unmodified hit roll of five, it inflicts d three mortal wounds, um, in addition to any normal damage, mm-hmm. and it's strength plus three, AP minus three, damage too, So, um, that's pretty good as well. Now, do you have do you have a strat that lets you attack twice at all
3: with Iron Warriors?
2: Uh, anyway? the uh anyone with mark of corn can pay. I think it's three CP to fight again. That's not limited to just world eaters, just like the uh, uh, cacophony one can make any Slanash unit fight twice
4: mm-hmm. or
2: shoot twice. So, you, if you had a corn disco lord in your iron warrior's army,
3: it might be cool to like put eight mortal wounds on something with this. You know what I mean? This could be like a character killer.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, fighting twice with Axe of the Forge Master might be cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with
3: the techno venomous. Or, or, or the Venomous, yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, even more so, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. That's good. Cool. And uh, name generator, Ferox the Unmaker or Etrog, the Wall Breaker. <laughs> <Huh>. Uh,
3: Hamak Talcom Tacklemore, <laughs> Macklemore. Not,
0: uh, <laughs> love his music.
3: <laughs> what do you got, Colin?
2: Uh, Sever, the Warp Cutter.
3: Ooh, nice. Colin's, Cutter. I didn't notice a, a consistent theme with Colin. He likes
2: the titles.
4: Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Titles. To me, that feels very
2: chaotic. <laughs> you, you don't need a first and last name in chaos. That's you, true. You, earn a, you earn a title through your great deeds. Like cutting the board. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. I'm going to start calling you Colin
2: the Keelik. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Who's up next? All right. So, next, I've got Black Legion. Mm hmm. Um, their legion trait is pretty atrocious. Um, they do get bonus points in my book because of having a badden. He's pretty Mm -hmm. fantastic. And I think he's only 210 points now. So much more playable and flip into my pages here. Now, Colin,
3: yeah, what would you say to a person who pronounces it Abaddon?
2: Uh, <laughs> it's not two B's. All right, there we go. That's why I've always. <laughs> but I have heard lots of people say Abaddon.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know which way's right. That's a good, uh, that's a good argument there.
3: I kind of like that, and I'm I'm an Abaddon guy, but I, I think the two B's. Argument it's got me, got me. <laughs> er,
2: irrefutable logic
0: irrefutable <laughs> i just remember a bad all hope ye who enter here yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is he is pretty badass uh, carlo and i played an after hours uh game at uh at nova a few years back and i I can't remember what it was. He, 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 I either forgot to deep strike him in, or the game was should have ended, he, he, or something. No, he you came let, in. You like let me bring him in, real and then Madden like, yeah. like stood single handedly against uh, Thunderwolf Cavalry and Wolfen, and just doing <laughs> he just like ate everything <laughs> yeah. for.
3: Like I think he came in. I think he. It was old, it was seventh edition because I remember he deep struck in with the ran, with the scatter die. Right, mm-hmm. or yep, you had yep. to roll. You had to roll every turn to see if he was going to come in. Right, in seven. Yeah, that's so, what. Yeah. And he kept failing the roll. Like, and it gets easier every turn. And he kept rolling. Like, I think he rolled like just under every turn. Like, it starts <laughs> yeah. out, and you need like you need like a five plus turn two or whatever. And you rolled like a a four, and then you rolled like <laughs> a three, and then a two, and then a one. And we're like, oh, and I think it has to come in. I think no matter what, it comes in like turn five. Or something or four i can't remember
2: yeah but But all i remember was you were you were crushing me and so we decided in in the interest of having a fun cinematic moment in the game to let let uh uh let him come in and actually try to do some work and it it made it a little bit closer than it otherwise (laughs) would have been
3: (laughs) well traditionally I usually win the Nova games, and you win all the other games. So. Although <laughs> I feel like this Nova, you beat me though, didn't you? The last time we played a game,
2: I think I, don't I lost did we, did we play it the last Nova? Um. Mm,
1: I, I feel like the did. last
2: time. I feel like the last time you were, uh, you and I played was when you annihilated my uh, uh, Blood Angels on the top of turn three. <laughs>
3: Gamers heaven.
2: Yeah. No. I, uh,
3: I no. Last the, last time, the last time we played was the last Burks Winter Blast, where you and Joe cleaned the floor with me and John. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. remember.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> Joe. Joe did bring a knight, though, so that was a little bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you brought like ten dreadnoughts. so black legion black legion i got i i wasn't i've not been impressed by a lot of their their stuff i feel like they kind of felt out the new legion stuff with them Mm -hmm. and vigorous before really honing it for uh faith and fury so um I think maybe for me, part of the large part of ranking them where I did was having access to Abaddon or Abaddon, however you want to call him. Um, I yeah, think trusted war leader is what's that? <laughs> I'm
3: just messing around. <laughs> uh,
2: I think trusted war leader is pretty solid. Uh, five plus to uh, refund a command point. Um, is pretty useful and. I think veteran raider is also pretty good. While they're within six inches of your warlord, friendly black legion units can declare a charge, even if they fell back in the same turn.
0: Mm.
2: Um, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool.
0: Yeah, it's strong. Yeah.
2: But looking at the rest of, rest of them, I mean, situationally, first among traders, uh, which I want to say is what uh, Abaddon gets. Um, yeah. So, Death to the False Emperor um, triggers on a 5 for units within 6 inches. You mm-hmm. play Imperium. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. But obviously, a blank against a lot of other stuff. Uh, yeah, not a lot stands out to me there.
3: Any name generator?
2: Uh, <laughs> they a name generator? I don't think they have one in here. They don't unless it's in another part of the book. All right, trash. Let's yep. fun. burn it, Lord. burn it. <laughs> Let's talk night lords. <laughs> I think um, stratagem-wise, they have, uh, that's expensive though, world killers for three CP. Use this strategy at the start of any battle round until the end of that battle round. Enemy units cannot use any abilities that allow them to control an objective marker if there are any Black Legion units from your army within three inches of the center of that objective marker, even if there are more enemy models within range of it. Mm. So kind of expensive, but I guess could be critical to, to scoring points, which most objectives or most games uh, require you to do, scoring objective points. Um. I think the only other one that really kind of stood out to me uh, Tip of the Spear 1CP at the start of your first shooting phase you can reroll hit rolls for the Black Legion unit from your army that is closest to an enemy unit until the end of the phase. If several units are equidistant you can pick which one is affected. So that could be pretty solid mm-hmm. especially if you got like some uh, uh, bikers or something flying up Way out in front of your army, you know, not near a, a lord that's buffing them to reroll to hit plasma bikers, maybe. For sure, um, but yeah, I not anything great there. They reprinted the relics of the long war, you know, one slash three P three cp for extra relics. That was one of the ones they gave them, so again, a little lackluster. Um, he has decent relics, though. Uh, obviously, Gore Vex's teeth is the, the classic basis of the Chain Lord that everyone knows about. Um, a two damage, uh, AP minus three, plus two attack. Chain sword. Each time you roll a wound roll of six plus for an attack made with this weapon, the target of the attack suffers a mortal wound. Um, so usually people give him another chain sword as well. Then they give him the Chaos Warlord trait that causes mortal wounds on a six uh, wound roll, and then you throw Veterans of the Long War on him for five to wounds, so, or for fives causing two mortal wounds, essentially, uh, except for the one bonus regular chainsword attack. You can dish a lot of mortal wounds that way.
0: Yeah, it's, that's a punchy little little attack there, yeah.
3: Is that the is that the chain Lord? What was that? Yeah, the Chain
2: Lord, Chain Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um they got a uh, a cool little bolter strength 5 AP -2 two, damage 2 becomes damage 3 against imperium units. Um pretty uh, decent bolter and then the spine shiver blade uh it's a power sword replacement but it gets plus 1 strength. Uh and then you can make d6 additional attacks with the weapon. Mm. Or so but i think that really pairs in comparison to the uh Mortal wound chainsword especially cuz the chainsword's free <laughs> right so yeah they they kind of kind of middle of the pack yep bottom bottom of the pack i guess top, top of the bottom of the pack
0: yeah there's
3: not really like a middle one anymore so you're either on the top or you're on the
2: bottom yeah that's it yeah, unfortunately, I, I gave my, my Iron Warriors that nice middle-of-the-pack ranking, but, yeah, they're not Alpha Legion or Emperor's Children. So, in my opinion, those were the strong ones. Uh, coming in sixth, I have the Word Bearers. Um, spoiler alert, I just – I don't think the Night Lords have much. I, <laughs> I try to love them, but – Spoiler they, Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, I mean the word the word bearers legion trade is trash. It's uh, uh, re-roll morale. Um, I guess it's not trash, trash, but I mean space marines already have that, so by comparison, it's just really weak. Um, they got some. I think I don't play word bearers. I don't have a word bearers army. I think if you really wanted to dig into them, there's probably some good combo based stuff, um, but you know that with that legion trait and you want to have a lot of cultists and summon demons uh, it doesn't if you want to play fluffy definitely but if you want to be competitive i'm just not seeing it there um let's see they to me their most of their strengths are in buffing a couple characters usually a psyker or a priest which again seems to match their uh, their fluff um exalted possession stands out to me. The warlord gates the possessed and demon keywords. So now he can benefit from uh buffs. Also mm-hmm. gets one strength and attacks and move.
4: Yeah, so that's
2: the take Kind of melee based character, that's not bad. Um demonic whispers, uh gain d three additional command points before the battle. And then once per battle, if this warlord is on the battlefield, you can reroll a single hit wound, wound roll, damage roll, or saving throw. Hmm. And that doesn't, to me, say that it is on him. Because it says if this warlord is on the battlefield, so if it was only for him, that you would have to put that.
0: True, we can reroll it for anybody. Yep.
2: Um, Hmm.
0: Sacrilegious regeneration is kind of good too. Plus one wound for your warlord, and then you start of every turn you regain up to D three.
2: Yeah, that would actually be uh, that again. Chain lord or uh, demon prince, great, great little ability.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if your meta has a lot of mortal wounds getting dished out, uh, diabolist, diabolist basically a six up feel no pain and you add plus three if it's a mortal wound that you're rolling against. Mm. So situational maybe, but could yep. be good.
0: Yep. For sure. For sure.
2: Um, Stratagem wise. I think the one that really stands out to me is apostle of the dark council. If you've looked at their, at the, uh, the dark apostles and their prayers, they all get the, the re to hit one. And then you pick one other one and it's always kind of like, man, I'd, I'd love to take two because I don't, whichever one I pick isn't always going to work, right? Mm. It's going to help me in one one phase or one part of the battle, and then the mm-hmm. rest of the time, I wish I could have done something else. So um, this one allows for one CP at the start of the, the start of the battle once per game. Um, you can make one of your Dark Apostles know an additional prayer, uh, yeah. and they can chant an additional prayer. So that's the other thing, too. Like, you pick this other prayer. Once you get in combat, a lot of times you really want to have the the reroll to hit, but, you know, maybe you pick the five up in vulnerable. You kind of want that, too. Now, now you can with this. Mm. Um, and I think that that uh, goes really well with the relic epistle of Lorgar. Epistle? Epistle? I don't know which way you say that. Um, for a priest, when a model with this relic chants a prayer, you can re-roll the dice to determine if that prayer is heard. Oh, uh, yeah. That's good.
0: Mm-hmm. And then it also
2: adds one to the leadership characteristics of models and friendly word bearers units. whilst their unit is within six inches of the model.
0: Yeah. So that with apostle, the dark council is a nice little combo. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, another kind of cool one, hexagrammatic ward for one CP use this stratagem in any phase after making, after making a saving throw for a word bearers character model from your army. Treat the results of that saving throw as six. Each word bearer's character model from your army can only be the target of the stratagem once per battle.
4: Hmm.
2: Pretty neat little trick. It's like a last
3: ditch effort kind of a thing. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. whether well, you absolutely got to make that invulnerable save.
0: Yeah.
3: It happens more than you think it would too. You know. Like oh, how yeah. many times have we been in that position? Damn.
0: Mm-hmm. Got to make the save. It's good, man. Yeah.
2: Um, oh, and Malevolent Covenant. Also good. One CP. Use a stratagem in your psychic phase after a word bearer's psychic unit from your army fails a psychic test. The power is automatically manifested by that psychic unit at the minimum required warp charge value and without a double having been rolled and cannot be resisted by a deny the witch attempt. Pretty good. Oh. After solving the effects of a psychic power, that psychic uh, suffers one mortal wound nice i love that and i can't take credit for this this was on that uh sneak peek or that that uh review that i read someone pointed out if you had enough psychers and they all cast um uh no i can't even think of it uh the mortal wounds um Smite? might yeah total brain fart wow um, dude but if you had that's enough a big brain fart yeah. <laughs> you could have it uh you you could set it so that the minimum required power or re- minimum required amount was an 11 to generate the D6 mortal wounds. But oh. you'd need, yeah, but you'd need what, five other psychers? Right. Well, yeah. you could do that, summoned, uh, summon <laughs> demon. That's kind of an uh, interesting. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah. Is it, I like it really worth trying to do? I don't know. Yes, Probably not, absolutely. No,
0: <laughs> but absolutely.
2: But it's fun. It's absolutely, fun, it's worth trying to do. It's, it's fun to think about.
0: It's fun to you think should,
3: about. Yeah. I think we should build and paint and uh, wordbearer's army just to do that.
0: <laughs> you won't do it. Challenge you accept it. Accepted. How
2: many people do, do you want to paint? <laughs> and that's the other thing too about wordbearers is a fluffy army is cultists and demons. And they don't benefit from your legion trade. Not that your legion trade is good anyway. Nor do they benefit from many of the stratagems. Right. So the fluffy way to play this army, unfortunately, is not not improved by um, the stuff that you. Yeah, get from it's,
0: them. it's not represented well here. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, there's definitely flavorful stuff for war mm-hmm. bears, but it doesn't help your army tactically, and that's mm-hmm. why. So, um, they did. They do have some great artifacts, so uh, malefic Tome for a psyker They know an additional psychic power, and they add plus one to their uh, psychic test totals.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: that's great. Uh, Crown of the Blasphemer gives you plus one uh, invulnerable save to a maximum of three plus. Um, which I think you then could improve to a two plus with the psychic power if you were a zinch model, right? Improve the invulnerable save of a model with this relic by one to a mi- max to a maximum of three plus. So there's the three up. But if you had, if you were a zinch model, is that where where does that max the, out though? But I would read that as you're absent the psychic power, your save was boosted to three plus, and then the psychic power would come in on top of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, for sure. It's not improving a 3-plus save to a 2-plus. It's improving your your 4-up uh, Dark Apostle save to a 3-up, and then you're making it a 2-up with the uh, Zinch Psychic Power. That is the Zinch Psychic Power, right? I'm not making that up. No, I believe you're right. I believe that's correct. Flipping pages again. So the start of your next... <laughs> What's that? That's a sanctuary? <laughs> yeah. You can add one to any invulnerable saves taken for the unit... Mm. you can add one to any invulnerable saves. Oh, it definitely works.
0: Yeah, it's just a plus one.
2: It's a plus one to the roll, not bonus for So essentially, have a a two-up invulnerable save on your Dark Apostle, or uh, Chaos Lord, or uh, Master of Possession, or uh, Demon Prince, and they've got uh, uh, Cursed Earth up. That's kind of slick, yeah. So... Oh, and and I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Ashen Axe, which is a chain axe replacement. Uh, Plus one strength, minus two AP, D three damage. Enemy units within one inches of a model with this relic cannot fall back unless they have the Vehicle or Titanic keyword.
0: That's awesome. That's that's the only. Does anything else have a rule where nothing can fall back against it? I think it's the first time I've seen it. That's good.
2: Yeah, they're uh the night lords actually have something too, I think. Mm, mm. But yeah, it's a pretty good power. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's cool.
2: Her ability, I guess.
0: And I'm gonna go with um Kirtha Kedamar. I'm gonna go for that alliteration that Carlo likes so much. I'm going Kirtha Kedamar on the name generator there.
3: my <laughs> alliteration,
4: you jerk. <laughs> <I'm
3: stealing this. laughs> Dor with, Vandrax. Yes. Love that one. I'm gonna go with some alliteration. <laughs> do it. And I'm gonna do it with Italian pronunciation. Do it. Yarto Yagath. My uh eyes over there. Y- Yarto. Ah, yeah, okay. Yarto Yagath.
0: <laughs> mm, nice. All right. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Let's go to the bottom of the heap, then, huh? Yeah, uh, good old Night Lords. <laughs> so I love the Night Lords, right? I like, you know, I recently read. Well, last year I read the uh, Night Lords Omnibus. Really great stories. Really interesting Legion, but uh, but but not up to muster in terms of some of the other offerings here in uh, Faith and Fury.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, I think they're uh, they're. Legion trait reduces enemy leadership by one within, uh, six inches that can stack to a minus three, but very situational. Mm-hmm. Someone can always spend the CP and auto pass. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's not helping them any. Um, I just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. I, I don't have night Lords either. Um, so maybe there's some stuff out there that I'm not seeing, but, um, you know, looking through their their legion traits, you know they got murderous reputation. When resolving an attack made by this warlord, an unmodified hit roll of six inflicts a mortal wound, in addition to any other damage. It's very similar to the uh, one that's in the CSM book, although I guess that grants it on a six of a wound roll, mm. so you could generate multiple mortal wounds with sixes to hit and wound. Mm. I don't. Uh,
0: D three additional attacks on killing fury there.
2: Yeah, when they charge, yeah. that's D three plus one with hateful assault too. So essentially, mm-hmm. so that's not I guess that's not terrible. Um, the warlord can charge in a turn in which they fell back and minus one to hit melee. Man, that's probably the one that stands out to me the most. Mm. Um. Yeah, so they have a uh, so Vox Scream is a great one. Um, two CP. Use this strategy at the end of your movement phase. Select one enemy unit within eighteen inches of any Night Lords units from your army. Until the start of your next movement phase, enemy units cannot be affected by any any of the selected units or abilities. Hmm. That's actually pretty strong, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, hit and run. Use a stratagem at the start of your charge phase. Select one Nightlord's unit from your army. That unit can charge even if it fell back. That's one CP. Um, you can get your warp Talons in to make use of their special ability. One CP, Raptor Strike. Uh, if they you set up a unit as reinforcements, they charge uh, 3d6 instead yeah. of 2d6.
0: That's good, yep, yeah, that's good, so,
2: but again, we're talking about raptors, probably not the most competitive of units or terminators or oh sorry, it says jump back, so it's either raptors or uh uh warp downs. I don't know what do you guys have for them?
0: Yeah, not much. This is uh, kind of boilerplatey stuff here. Charging, you know, charging after falling back is good. Minus one to hit in midnight clad is, you know, is what it is. Yeah, I think Raptor Strike is the best. The best bit there, depending upon your list, but that and Vox Scream. Yeah.
3: Go on, name generator. We're not you know, there
2: yet. We still there. got <laughs> it.
0: You skipped over um scourging chains, Carlo this improves the armor penetration characteristics of melee weapons of a model with this relic equipped by one and subtract one from attacks uh, against this model within one inches that's kind of good plus one yeah. attack minus one to hit that's kind of good
2: uh no subtract one from the attack characteristic oh my bad my bad yep. yeah. that so whoa that's kind of nasty yeah
0: yeah that, yeah that's pretty eh. nasty yeah yeah that's good
2: but its range is only one inch. But it's not just one attacking that model though. So you can turn off a lot of a lot of guys' mm-hmm. uh backs. Yeah, but it has to be within
3: each enemy model. It's not like one of those stages chain unit things. So it could be hard to yep, you're Although, right. oh, Yeah, you're right. yeah. Although if you put that on like a big model, like what's the biggest model you could put a relic on? Disco Lord or Demon Prince. Yeah. Yeah. So that would yeah, probably depends. be what you want to put that on and then mm-hmm. kind of just get them up in that grill
4: mm-hmm. and go. then
3: that this disco lord would be good because you get all those minuses and then or obviously you can't do the alpha legion stuff but you get some minuses right is there a way to make yeah so the
2: disco lord throws out minus one to hit for enemy vehicles within a certain range of them okay you know, my other book i believe it's just vehicles hmm uh, but yeah but not uh not too shabby and i think it's minus one to all attacks subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by vehicle units while they're within six inches of any enemy models with this ability in addition add one to hit rolls for attacks made by legion demon and units while they're within six inches of any friendly legion models with this ability so there you the, go. the disco lord the disco yeah. lord's just a fantastic unit i mean he's weapon skill and ballistic skill two plus anyway Mm-hmm. So he gives himself plus one to hit, which doesn't really help unless you're shooting or fighting someone that has a minus one to hit, and then that cancels right out. So, um, although he doesn't have a reroll, he doesn't have rerolls to hit. So, mm-hmm. but you can bring a chaos lord for that.
0: I'm looking at the misery of the meek. The next artifact here. This isn't bad. D6, some um, regain D6 wounds and add D3 attacks. That could be cool. Yeah,
2: yeah that's pretty good.
0: That could be cool.
2: I feel like uh, most of your CSM characters go down too quick to make use of the D6, but again, Disco Lord and Demon Prince. Yeah, that's a good both point. Both benefit greatly from that. That's a good point. Yeah. All right, Carla, what do you got for names? Hold up. Let me try and pick a good one.
4: And you go, uh, Yudish the
3: Feared.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I like Talos of the Ceaseless of the Ceaseless Torment. Nice, Colin. That was an awesome run through of everything in Faith and Fury and Vigilus as as related. Oh my God, it's Lavelle Harmon zoom bombing us.
1: Lavelle, how are you? I'm here to stop this heresy. <laughs> stop it all right it's now. It's like he came out <laughs> of
0: the warp. He just teleported in. He came down the grab chute and here we are. Lavelle, good to see you. Thank you for joining us tonight. We didn't think you would make it. This is wonderful. You traveled so far across so much of the warp to be here with us.
1: It's good to be here. It's good to be here.
0: You missed one hell of a segment, but we're about to talk about something that I know that you know pretty well, which is Colin's go-to Demon Engine list.
1: I do. I do. i played...
0: Colin, fire away. Walk, walk, walk us through this beast. Yeah.
2: All right. So hey, as advertised, it's, uh, it's built around demon engines that probably been my favorite thing since GW started putting them out. Um, two, two battalion detachments of iron warriors, um, uh, both, uh, roughly half of the army, um, and points, um, one with three squads of cultists, one with three squads of chaos, Marines men, men squads of chaos, Marines, um, and then each one has a, uh, a Scorpius multi-launcher, uh, one of the, uh, Forge World vehicles. Mine's actually an old converted Rhino, but, uh, those things, I, I can't leave home without them. They're just so good. They, uh, they do their heavy 3d3 strength, six AP minus two, two damage. Um, I can't remember 48 or 60 inch range and they ignore line of sight. Um, and if they don't move, they can fire twice. So up to 63 shots. So they actually do most of the work in the army, um, while I run around and smash things with the demon engines, which is what I like to have fun doing. Um, so yeah, so each, each battalion has three troops, uh, one Scorpius, um, the one detachment has my warlord. It's the master of possession, who I think is pretty critical. Um, the powers that they have to running, uh, lots of demon engines successfully, so without boring everyone with all their powers, I I, I bring, uh, and there's some pretty good ones that they have, but I bring Sacrifice and Cursed Earth. So Cursed Earth gives a, uh, a plus one to the invulnerable saves of demons within six inches. Um, and my Warlord also has the Relic uh, Insidium that I talked about that gives them plus one strength, plus one toughness, plus one wound, and also makes them a demon. And uh, Masters of Possession also have an invulnerable save, unlike regular sorcerers. So he he can benefit from that power himself. Um, that's pretty critical. Um, and then the other power that I kind of touched on before was sacrifice, where he can ping any model for a mortal wound to heal D3 to a demon engine. Um, but critically, he can ping a Warpsmith, a uh, regular Warpsmith. A uh, Disco Lord has that uh, keyword. And so does the Hellwright from the Forge World book. Um and when he pings a model, uh when he pings a warpsmith model, he can heal three automatically, not D three, uh to a demon engine. So I have uh the two HQs in that detachment are the Master of Possession and the Hellwright, and the other detachment has uh two warpsmiths. Um but the cool thing about the Hellwright, it's like a Primaris uh um warp smith, similar powers, it's got a nifty little pistol that uh has two shots and does a mortal wound when it hits that's its that's its ability um but the cool thing is is he regenerates a wound every turn so i can pay him and heal and not lose any wounds essentially um so usually what happens with the army is i hide the scorpions in the back i put some troops where they need to be usually the, the iron warriors are sitting on backfield objectives and the cultists run out and die and maybe get to capture a midfield objective. Um, I usually make a big block um, with the uh, demon engines. Actually, I didn't even talk about them yet. So um, one detachment has two defilers and those go with those. I keep together with the master of possession and the hell right. Um, because the Master of Possession has Stoic Advance, the one I, I talked about that as well, the minus no minus one for moving and shooting heavy weapons within six inches. So I can move forward with that group and shoot um, at full effect uh, with their battle cannons or auto cannons. Um, I mean, it's not a whole lot, but it adds up. Um, and then their job is just to turn across the battlefield and uh, eat stuff in, in uh, combat eventually, backed up by the Master of Possession. the castigator? Keep them in the game. Um, and then I usually have the two uh, other demon engines that I use are the Plague Hulks that I talked about um, from the Forge World Index. Um, I love them because of the five Squires uh, feel no pain that they have, <laughs> although they don't regenerate wounds, but it makes them very resilient. And I usually stick a Warp Smith with each of them just to be extra annoying. And they sometimes they clump up, sometimes they join the main assault, sometimes they're just kind of the distracting, you know give some kind of presence on my other flanks and then the uh, last element of my army would change since I last played it. Um, actually I don't know that I had that against Lavelle. I had been using a big demon bomb of 20 plague bearers, but realized I could basically shift a few points around and bring five, mm.
4: uh,
2: Slaneshi terminators with, uh, commie plasmas. Um, so they can <laughs> shoot twice, drop on something, and shoot, pl- shoot all their plasmas twice. Um, so that's a pretty, uh, pretty strong piece too. So it's a little light on troops. It's not super fast, um, but a decent amount of shooting and it's really, really resilient. I mean, the defilers are T7, five plus uh, becomes a four plus uh, invulnerable with Cursed Earth. The uh, Plaguehawks are T8 and have five up feel no pain, five plus invulnerable um, as well. So it, it's hard to hurt. And any demon engine that you don't kill is going to get eight or 10 wounds back next turn
0: so yeah. when you when you're playing that list what what has to happen two two things i want to talk about right how do you know how do you know when a game is about to go really poorly for you like what needs to happen to really take apart your list and how do
2: you know like what has
0: to happen for you to really feel good about your chances in that game
2: um pretty poor is losing a demon. like go having to go second and losing a demon engine on turn one before I can get up um, stoic and, or uh cursed earth to give me the bonus and vulnerable save. Um, I actually had that. I think I had that happen in, in my game against Lavelle when my whole army was packed in at the start, or at least a big chunk of it was. And then <laughs> to add insult to injury, the defiler blew up and I re-rolled it and it blew up again And it did a whole bunch of mortal wounds to a big chunk of my army to start the game, which really hurt. So that that was a sure sign it was going to go poorly. So one one thing that I didn't talk about when I was reviewing and I've learned since then um, that I have to remember, and it's not much, but I think it might be just enough to keep something like that from happening again because they're pretty tough. They've got 14 wounds. Um, The Iron Warriors do have that one uh, stratagem for one CP, Iron Within, Iron Without. Um, for an entire phase, when I'm about to lose a wound, I can, uh, I can use the strat. And then for the rest of that phase, I get a six up, feel no pain. So it's not much, but I have 14 wounds and conceivably if they're targeting something, they're, it's going to take a while to bring them down. And I, you know, it, it, it can maybe hold me over to like can start healing it again. So if I could pull that off, that works good. Um, the, if I know it's going well, um, my Scorpiuses have destroyed whatever kind of screening forces that they have. And my defilers and plague hulks have made it up the field, um, and are about to smash apart their big stuff. They love taking on vehicles. Um, they, they have the strength times two power claw, So their strength 16. Um, so they make, they wreck stuff pretty quick. Um, there's also a, uh, a, uh, a regular CSM stratagem. That allows uh once they well it, it's for shooting or combat any one phase they can reroll one demon engine can reroll hits or uh all failed uh hit rolls and all failed wound rolls, so once I get in there, something's really gonna smash pretty hard um usually usually can finish off most things,
1: hey Colin, yeah, I think uh we need to schedule a rematch um because I, since we we played that game. The, I think I I got you with the Telemon and Caladius, uh combination first term, but both of those units have been nerfed. Oh, really? And which one it is might which not one? be as yeah.
2: Which one is which? The Telemon. The
1: Telemon is like the the Telemon is like the the big uh, dreadnought. Okay. The oversized. It's almost like a mini knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And the Kaladius was the graph tank. The grav- they both got nerfed.
2: Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: those. So that and good. that's. Yeah, that concentration of firepower. turn one allowed me to eliminate that uh, unit, and I think um, I don't know if that's as possible anymore.
0: Lavelle, can you talk about your last game versus this list?
1: Um, the the only thing, and this was that was Collins' first game against custodies Yes, And they. Yeah. Right. That invulnerable save took him a little bit by surprise. And they were, you know, even a unit of three, four guys is incredibly tanky and resilient. And um, it's a little bit hard to gauge the army to army when you haven't played one of the the factions before. Because one of the things that happened is, you know, in his prioritization of shots, he didn't necessarily know at that point how tanky. A a four-man custodian unit can be. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think it would be interesting to play that game again. And you know, I don't like games. Well, I I can't say I don't like games because it's a dice rolling game. I think there were some swings in luck that made the game not necessarily representative of the strength of the armies.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, you had those two uh, Forge World knights that you were trying out that. In hindsight, weren't all that strong, but I think I was overly afraid of them and, and put a little bit too much emphasis on those early in the game. I think – wait, do you have two or one? Maybe you only have one. It was two. It was two. Okay. And I know – I. was two.
1: No, no, no. Oh, um, it, Yeah, it was um, – Uh, hold on. I think what Colin's referring to – is they were yeah, the baby nights Knights. Yeah.
0: The little hellviren. Yeah, it the was the forge world. Helverins. No, no,
1: they were the Telemans. Remember the Telomans? The Telemans Dreadnought is a forge world arm. Uh, forge no, world no, no, no. You, That's you had, had a
2: small. You had a small baby knight too. At least one, if not two, in that list. It has the like big graspy claw and some kind of rad flamer. Thing.
1: Oh, did did yeah, I? Yeah, you had at least <laughs>
2: one, if not two, and I ended up killing both. Oh, yeah. they weren't that. They weren't that threatening compared to the other the Gladius and the and the and the In mm-hmm. retrospect. Right.
1: You know, He's talking about the more axis. That's it. Right. Yes, yeah, the more axis. It's the, the Forge World
0: yeah. Armager mods. Yeah. Right.
1: Hey, Ka- Colin, I have a chaos question for sure. you. Sure. Why? No, I'm only joking. <laughs> no. My, um, my question is Is one chaos uh, avenue better? Or is it better to have like a Slanesh army or a corn army? Or is it be- better to have an army that's chaos undivided and tap into all of them?
2: Uh, I mean, if you were going to start an army from scratch, yeah, I mean, probably the best thing, and especially if you were looking more competitive than, uh, than fluff base would be to paint like your own chapter scheme and then use them as whatever you wanted and try out the different Legion rules and stuff. I mean, I know I could always do that too, but I feel weird running my silver guys as, as world eaters or something. But if you, if you make kind of a generic paint scheme, you could try out whatever you wanted. That'd probably be the most fun and interesting way they're all a little bit, all the different legions are different. But you don't want to play. I don't think you want to play without um, a legion trait now with faith and fury. You'd be you'd be hurting yourself to play uh, okay. generic. And then and vigilance. Okay. we didn't we didn't really touch on it. But the, they gave some love to um, the uh, red corsairs, crimson mm-hmm. slaughter, and uh, I think one one lead one, one Renegade chapter that kind of aligned with each of the four, uh, ruinous powers. They all, they each got like a, a warlord trade, a relic and a stratagem. So just a little bit of flavor. So if you, if you didn't want to, if you wanted to stray off the beaten path a little bit, but again, you're kind of limiting your options. I think, and then when we played too, we actually played at 2,500 points. So I just dropped in my 500 points of, uh, uh, fallen that I've, was just kind of a weird project, yeah, yeah. That yeah, started the kill team years and years ago, and has just grown uh, into its own detachment. But that actually, I, I just put it in there. I never played custodians. and frankly, I didn't. I don't think I even knew what Lavelle was bringing. Um, but it turned out because now they have access to the sorcerers, so I was able to. I was able to bring uh, Infernal Gaze with a crap load of fallen plasma guns, and uh, or sorry, not Infernal Gaze, uh, Death Hex. To turn off invulnerable saves um, with a crap load of plasma that was that was painful when I got into rapid fire range for his, his guys although they still have, most of them still have a feel no pain too so
0: that was a mixture of future history and tactical upload stay tuned and we will be back to wrap up this show Let's wrap up the show with stuff we like from the hobby that has been helping us especially through these times of COVID-19 quarantization at least staying at home here in the Philadelphia area. Um, For me, I have continued to slog through Deathwing Enhanced Edition, the uh, Terminator-based first-person shooter slash swing-enormous mace at uh, Tyranids video game. It's extremely difficult, and I'm playing it on the easiest mode. I have rage quit from the easiest mode, which I am not pleased about and not proud of, but I'm amongst friends, so I feel like I can share that with you. Um, In fact, I rage quit, uh, this was just a few days ago, I rage quit it, and I started to play a dawn of war two from the beginning again which took me a while to get back into i found it hard to get like i found it hard to enjoy that game again i hadn't played it in years but i had i found it hard to enjoy that game again
2: um yeah i I know you guys probably know people uh people that i game with i've I've been playing a lot of armada uh i'm big star wars fan too and i love that game it's probably the best game minis game that i've ever played but i think 40k has been what's been great about the quarantine because i can't go play games i know guys play online with tts or uh, vassal but that's just not for me so there's really nothing to do outside of playing games with armada but certainly all the hobby stuff for 40k that i had neglected somewhat in the past i've really been digging back into and getting excited about putting together my new black legion army and and reading the rules and digging for stuff. Uh, It's been quite enjoyable. So 40 K was my first love for sure. So it's been good to get back into it a little bit more.
3: I've been, uh, I've I've been playing some games. Uh, I have a buddy who's like, I I was telling you guys off recording earlier, but I'll reiterate for the listeners. Um, I have a, a close friend who's been working on rebuilding a, an MMO from 1998 called dark ages. Uh, we've got a private server now the game the game still runs um like it's still there's still a paid for server you could play on, but um we just wanted to mess around with it a little bit so uh, he's been like kind of rebuilding this server from the ground up from scratch, and I've kind of been uh, helping him a little bit with uh, uh, writing some quest dialogue and stuff like that, so and kind of beta testing stuff. so it's like a fun little project with a game that's 20 years, more than 20 years old with isometric graphic and, uh, you know, you're moving with, a, with your, uh, your uh, arrow keys. Can't even use WASD because it's like hard coded in the metadata. So, you know. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Uh, we've been kind of doing that.
1: Um, I've been doing a lot of reading and reading between the lines, if you will. And trying to figure out why <laughs> what the mystery is, no why my uh, some of my armies okay here, here I think my army army creation is hit or miss, and I've been really taking the time to really see what I've been missing, you know I, yeah, like Colin says something here, which I never even think about, <laughs> and when you talk about um <laughs> this model, this unit is on your flank only to harass you. I don't really expect them to survive. And so I really expect them to draw your fire while my main purpose comes up to field at you. And so I've been, I've been experimenting with that and saying, you know, this unit is really a throwaway unit while my rates, you, you can ignore them at your pearl, but my rates are just going to stream up the field and engage you. And so a lot of times when I build an army, it, Uh, if you take one element out, the whole army falls apart. And so I've been really studying the the, the various codices and um, uh, reading a lot of the lore, which is really, really rich, really rich. So mostly for me during this time, it's been a lot of uh, time with army builder and a lot of time reading. Excellent. That was episode
0: 33 of crew shake. And we hope you enjoyed our hobby progress, the talk about some of the new chaos stuff that just came out in some recent books and hope you found something to take away from the chosen. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope you and yours are safe and sound. We hope to be back at the tables soon enough. For Krushak and I have been. For Krushaik and I have been. Tim, I'm Lavelle. I'm Carlo, and I'm Colin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe.